If you can, stay at home, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Above all, don't be a twat about things. We're all in this together. Don't be selfish. Look after each other. Give someone a call if you think they might be lonely. Okay? How are you doing? I'm running out of toilet paper. Have you got any? Uh, yes. I'm sorry, mate. I'm down to my last uh, sheet. I oh, know. You take care. Okay, buddy. Welcome to another episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. My name is Colin Bossler. I'm here with David Timoney, Michael Stamps, and John Harden. And all of us are stranded on individual islands. We are all by ourselves, separated on four different islands. Thank we're going to talk about... Thank you. We're going to talk about what we're going to listen to, because we each have a stack. We have a stack of five CDs, or vinyl if you prefer, sitting next to us. When our island record players or CD players. So we're going to talk about the options that we brought with us. Because somehow we knew we were going to get stranded. I don't know how we planned that out, but we did. Yeah. You, so. every <laughs> other American. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Uh, and if you don't mind, if we're going to go alphabetical, I'm going to start because I'm going to go right off the top with Appetite for Destruction. There's nothing more that needs to be said. We knew it was on my list. It, it's, yeah, it's never, sure. never going to leave my list. It's been it's been talked about uh, you know, ad nauseum. Nothing more to say. Who's next? David is next. Uh, wait a minute. What did he say? What was his pick? I, I'm, I'm switching up my audio I was going to say, you know what? <laughs> guns, guns and Roses, Appetite are, for Destruction. Oh, what, his, his first there pleasure are five-year-olds playing in the street right now that know what my first pick was. <laughs> so what are we, are we picking? Like, just, we're just picking one. They just went, did that guy could, with the beard no, pick Appetite already? You we, pick we all picked like one. five, except oh, you. like five, except me. Yeah. Right. So we're just going around the horn one at a time? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Okay, well, then say if we're going with the with the obvious ones, then I'm going to go with my obvious one, which is Celtic Frost to Megatherium. Right. Cool. Because it's awesome. It's better than your first pick. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and it takes a slug of whiskey. All right. I, I changed it up today. I got uh, somebody gave me years ago when I was over. Oh, oops, sweet. A little, a little bottle of Jameson. I'm not a Jameson drinker, but, you know, it's it's tough times right now on a, on a desert island in West Philly. So, uh you gotta, you I know, have, you gotta work your way through. I have a certified whiskey taster diploma from the Jameson Distillery. Dude, oh, me too. Nice. Me too. Okay. We're brothers in spirits. Yes, we are. Is that ah. something you send away for, like becoming a reverend? No, you have to do it live at the distillery. Well, <laughs> Sally, Sally Struthers is there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Alphabetically, you are next, sir. My first pick is Power Slave, which we have talked a lot about. I think our, our initial picks we've already sort of covered pretty well on the podcast. But yeah, my first pick is going to be Power Slave. All Michael? Right. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you one right now. And then once once we've had a, had a chance <laughs> well, to kind that's of... That's what uh, we're doing, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't finish my sentence yet there, bro. So I... So I'm not going to give you any context right now. I'm just going to like allow the pattern to kind of emerge in people's heads. So I'm going to put down here for y'all's Tokyo Blades Night of the Blade. Boom. What? Talk, yes. talk about yeah. Night of the Blade. What? Because I think that's probably the first time we've mentioned that record I was on just the gonna, podcast. Or that, or that band. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. So they're like a, an obscure Nawobam band. Uh, from uh, from England, um, 
And uh, they put out maybe four or five records under the name Tokyo Blade. But uh, this was maybe like their second or third. And uh, but it, it just showed up in the back of like Circus Magazine. And it was just kind of like one of those, you know, those mysterious albums you just like never hear about. You never, uh, you never, you never heard uh, on like um, uh, any of the metal shop programs or anything like that. They didn't have any music videos. Um, so a dude was selling his cassettes at some point in, in eighth grade for like five bucks. I'm like, oh, Tokyo Blade. I will have some of that for five bucks. And, uh, you know, damned as soon as I put it in, I just I just loved it. And I just listened to it over and over and over again. It's like eight or nine songs, real sort of like power, melodic, but powerful kind of heavy metal, uh, just just great stuff. And it's just one of those records that just whenever I whenever I put it in, I got the cassette, I got the CD, I got the, you know, the 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 vinyl. But whenever I put it on, it's like. Boom! I'm like back there in eighth grade, uh, just like just loving metal and just kind of loving the, the idea of like discovering a new band that uh, you know wasn't covered in Circus Magazine and probably nobody else uh, in all of Hollister was listening to. So it was just kind of like it's like a little secret uh, uh, band of my own. And then you know you try to turn other people onto it, and they're like, "Nope, we're putting on some Def Leppard." It's like. Okay, well, I'll just listen to this back at home, and so it became Alone. my my, my hey. bet. That's that's how Mike it is. Mike was right? in when quarantine you're, when you're, at age twelve. That's you right. know, when you're when you're in eighth grade, your bedroom is kind of like a like a desert island, and that's that's where you start to develop your own peculiar, perverted tastes and things. So, I throw out some uh, some Tokyo Blade for you. Check it out. If you get a chance, Michael, have you listened to Thousand Men Strong? Their album that came out in two thousand eleven. Um, is that by Tokyo Blade? That's that why I brought it up. The name of the band. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, no, I, no, I haven't. They, they are again like one of those bands, you know, that they, they've gone dormant for like 20, 25 years, and then they they reemerge and like maybe there's one original member, and it's I don't know. It doesn't sound anything like Night of the Blade, surely, but uh, uh, it's it's admirable that they're still trying to cash in on that. I haven't heard that one though. Yeah, they put a thousand men yeah, yeah unbroken, they, unbroken wasn't as good in my opinion, but Thousand Men Strong was quite quite good. Okay, but I, I again I go back to like you know the Madame Guillotine, Night of the Blade, uh, Midnight Rendezvous stuff, where it's gotcha. it's kind of you know it's it's very sort of like high energy, um, and it had and again it has all this sort of like a really sort of like great vocals, great guitars, and just and just really good catchy songs. Just kind of like in and out in like three and a half minutes or so, but I'll, I'll check that one out too because I'm a completist. All right. So we go back, go back to the top of the list with Mr. Bosler. What you got? Well, we know what you got. Yeah, my my uh, my list isn't too uh, too creative. Screaming for vengeance is number two. I you know it's funny they all have a theme. All five that I picked, and the theme is I can listen to every track. So as long as every okay. track is going to be good, then uh, I'm sold on it. So Appetite was number one, Screaming for Vengeance number two. It's well uh, chronicled why that's uh, in my top five. It's what turned me into a metalhead. So again, love every track. Can't lose with anything on there. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's good criteria there. I, I don't love Judas Priest, but that album is fantastic. Super, super good. Yeah, there's no dead wood on that at all. <laughs> 
David. So, John, what you got? Or David, no, I'm sorry. Mr. Timoney. Uh, all right. Uh, my second one's a record I've mentioned here before. Uh, Steve Vai's first uh, effort, Flexible. Uh, it's fun. He it's couldn't call some... you about the name? or uh, it's, it's not even flexible. It's flex-able. That's right. Oh, he is God. able. Oh. Yeah. How do you it's like that? that? You know what, David? How do you even do you like that album? 40 years of missteps. Well, I'll tell you Ooh. what. You know, here's the thing. I heard that record before I ever heard any Frank Zappa, right? And as with many things, you get into, you know, you got your point of entry and then you start to explore. And I started exploring Zappa and I'm like, I'm just not digging this. Like the whole like titties and beer, (laughs) bathroom humor stuff. Like I know that snow, don't eat the yellow snow. I know that like if you're in the know, it's actually kind of like people argue it's actually kind of highbrow, but on its surface, it's lowbrow. It's low-hanging fruit. fruit. Uh, a buddy of mine used to always rent the the video for "Does Humor Belong in Music?" and my answer to that over and over again is no. I don't <laughs> think humor belongs in music. Um, but I was already into the Vi flexible stuff, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's a little kooky, like lyrics to the songs and stuff, but I like it. And on top of that, it's really driven by the guitar gymnastics, which is what I got into it for in the first place. Um, you know, the song on that record is like the first track on side two, which is uh, the attitude song, uh, which is just, if you, if you only listen to one song on that record, that's the one. So good. Um, program drums and Stu ham on bass. And he's just a beast of a, of a bass player. There it is. Nice. Uh, in in like seven sixteen, which is uh, which is nice. Uh, nice I'm gonna add this to my list. I'll check it out. You it's, talk about it. You talk about it enough. I should probably just give it give it a good go and listen to it. Lots of really good guitar stuff on who, that record. Who, who, who does this? Is there like songs like there's like singing and vocals? Yeah, on Yeah, there's singing and vocals and stuff on there, and it's it's All it's right. probably people who who people know if you know but i don't you know no nobody fans is it revolving vocalist or the same vocalist on each song i think it's there's only about four or five songs with words and they're all they're all different singers there's uh, um there's a couple of really good songs on there like with words you know with lyrics and stuff like really good ones there's a song called uh junkie i think uh is really good but the you know primarily mm-hmm. guitar driven yeah. record um if you can get past that it, it's all electronic drums like programmed lin drums old-fashioned uh drum yeah. machine drums um but as i mentioned Stu ham on bass who was like a session guy but he's like he's the billy sheehan of the studio like real good like slappy happy um uh, i think he was on that mike varney record label put his first solo record out uh, not long after playing with Vi, like right before Passion Warfare came out. Uh, but yeah, definitely a good record and it's fun, you know, lots of cool stuff. If you're on a desert island and you got that, you can just spend your time learning all the cool guitar riffs. So you have a guitar on the island with you? Well done, sir. Nice packing. I'll, I'll build Always. one. Oh, I'm nice. out of coconuts and palm trees. Yeah, it might get loud. There you go. <laughs> All right, John. You have to ask you all to step back. Uh, My next pick is Tesla's second record, The Great Radio Controversy. Uh, You know, I must admit that surprised me, John. Why is that? Because because 
although I know you are a big Tesla fan, making the top five on the desert island surprised me. And if it, if they were going to make it, Mechanical Resonance, I thought, would have made it. Yeah, see, I like yeah. this album much more than much the first better. album. Much? The adjective much? Uh, I, I mean, I love the first record. I love this one more. Mm-hmm. I just think the songwriting's better. Uh, it's a little harder. Like, I love, I love Hang Tough. I love Heaven's Trail. Uh, yeah. We saw them come back around. I mean, Love Song is on this record, and although not one of my favorites, it was a smash. Yeah. And they actually headlined behind this record. Second record in, we saw them at Shoreline headlining, and they were great. I just think that uh, when this album came out, that was their time. Like, they were really... They had opened for Def Leppard on the on the first record and uh, then came back around with this. And I think it's just a really great second effort. And it's it's one that I listen to a lot. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm also I'm, surprised, John. <laughs> for other reasons. Because I've never even heard of this record. Of course. <laughs> uh, well. There's this band called Tesla. <laughs> you should check them out, David. <laughs> And they made great several car. records. Uh, and this this one does have like a lot of hot tracks on it. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Colin. I'm going to. I would if I had my choice, I would take the Mechanical Residence. I don't. I don't think there's any Deadwood on that. Whereas, I don't know. Did it for the money. Uh, I don't know. Make it magic. There's there's some. There's 13 tracks on here, so it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a lot to you know expand and it's for for a follow-up record but it it does have some bangers on it yeah with uh heaven's trail uh hang tough the two ballads uh paradise and love song just you know they still perform those live they're again classics yeah you can't go anywhere without some tesla so let's see i'm gonna throw in another one here it's gonna be obscure and it's gonna be probably from like 1984 1985 i'm gonna throw out some uh uh, vices by the band from Canada, <laughs> Kick Axe. One of your favorites. Kick Axe. David is wincy, like, what? <laughs> but, well, uh, we, ta- we talked a bit about Kick Axe on which episode? 87? Uh, yeah, Rock yeah, the World. Yeah. Rock the World came out in 87. Okay. So this would, uh, let's see, this is. Vices, vices is 84. Uh, it certainly is, yes. There it is. But uh, again, another album that uh, a, a friend turned me on to that I had never heard of. And uh, again, under under that influence, is like, I'm going to check this out. And I loved every song on it from, of course, uh, Heavy Metal Shuffle. They have a song here that's called Heavy Metal Shuffle. And of course, the, the punchline in the chorus is no humor involved in the music is that uh, it's only a song. Everybody was in the crowd is like, let's do the heavy metal shuffle. And the vocals is like, it's only <laughs> a song. It's crowd. only a song. Everybody yeah. They were, they were the a Canadian fringe band. Uh, in everybody clap the your three hands. people in the crowd did not know the song. There's a sigh yeah. for your bingo card if you want one. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. But also so good. They had, they had their fifth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Is he calling left. now who's surprised? What's more surprising, a <laughs> Tesla record or Vices? Well, I'm not surprised because we know Michael loves that one, but he the, way he's, I, the way he's selling I, it to our I, audience I've had is a, a little surprising. I've had a lifetime of Mike pushing that record on me. 
I, uh, I, but I, I, honestly, I, I, Kick Axe is pretty good. I don't know if they'd yeah. ever make any sort of list of mine where I'd have to take them wherever I go. But I have heard this album quite a few times, and yeah. uh, it's good. Yeah, and and I defy anybody to put it on these days and don't and, and deny the fact that these songs don't hold up as just like good hard rock tunes like Stay on Top, uh, Man Eater, uh, The Road to Rock, Cause for Alarm. I remember being on the eighth grade bus, you know, fast forwarding to get to Cause for Alarm, and it would just like just get you just so uh, you know jacked up for eighth grade. Uh, that was just. <laughs> Just, just a most powerful uh, little sort of like pick me up song. Is uh, it but just they're, the they're, three albums by those guys? Uh, Mike? Um, they they basically had they were on uh, Columbia with uh, on the Pasha le- le- label there. Yeah. The same guy, uh, Spencer Proffer, who uh, produced Quiet Riot, also signed them. He also produced. Uh, um, I want to say King Cobra, which is also on my list, duh. But he also produced uh, Wasp, and so there's like some songs that kind of uh, kind of get sort of like uh, performed by by different bands that they just they kind of share the songs. But uh, you know, they put out the the follow up to this was called Welcome to the Club, and it was like you always see. It's like the same story. It's like you come out with like a really hard and heavy debut and by the time you're putting out a follow-up in 85 or 86 it's all they got a lot of keyboards in there everyone's hair is poofy there's there's a much more sort of emphasis on sort of like radio friendly power uh hard rock like you're gonna do some sort of like iron eagle soundtrack (laughs) song so it's kind of it's uh, it's a little bit of a disappointment, and then they released on an independent. Uh, maybe it was on Combat. They released uh, uh, "Rock the World," which again, it's just a, just diminishing returns from uh, from vices. But that was that's that's the same story, though. You come out, and either you make it big right off the top, or you just kind of toil in obscurity, and then pff, you're gone. And I, then I did, I do believe like years later they did release uh, Kick Axe Four, um, which I've tried to listen to, and it's just it, it's kind of like when Colin was referring to that that late, you know, their, that more recent Tokyo Blade record. It's like I see what you're doing, but I'm just it just doesn't have it for me. It doesn't have the same sort of electricity or the excitement. It's just you know going through the paces and maybe getting a little something to, you know, put on the merch table um, at the county fair. I'm reading about them online. It says they were formed in 1974. How do you like that, right? Good So this this album comes out in 10 years. So that's no, no, no. Yeah, 10 years. That was the year I stopped crapping my pants. Nice. (laughs) So that's like a lot of tours. You know, a lot of touring in Ottawa and Saskatchewan, eh? So yeah, they they did it they did it the hard way, and yeah, uh, yeah but they again, this is what a record is. It's a document. It's a, a sort of testimony of uh, of their achievement there in that uh, that little window of eighty four and eighty five. So if you haven't and heard of on them, the Transformers, David, the movie soundtrack under the totally name Spectre General. Yeah, I'm completely surprised they don't have a walkout song for the WWF. <laughs> Look, I, they probably do. It might be under a different name. Under a different Maybe. name. Yeah. 
trash can apocalypse. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> All, right. All right. So take, take We're it gonna go, back to know, the top back here. Back on top uh, to number three. Uh, my boys, shout out the devil. Motley Crue makes my list top five for obvious reasons. Again, they're my guys. You um, could listen to that forever, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's right. it's because again, start to finish. These are these are albums. You, these are albums you put All down. Right. You put down the needle or press play, and you uh, you wait till they're done. You don't stop. You don't skip. You don't move around. You just uh, let it roll. And shout out the devil to me is just a solid release. It's, it's that was a common complaint of their girlfriends. <laughs> it's super good. I'm eagerly awaiting my refund money from Motley Crue for the two shows that I had set to see them this summer. Oh, they didn't oh, cancel them. Yeah, yeah. I, heard, yes. I heard they're still coming. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to wait on that. So, but but Colin, uh, you 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 always uh, you know uh, tell us how much you you love and adore uh, Motley Crue. But maybe you can give us a little origin story on on how this. How do you come into Crue? Do you come to Crue? With uh, shout at the devil, or do you come with uh, you know, too fast for love? Shout at the devil. That that was the okay. intro to Motley Crue, and I think what has always enamored me with those guys is they're complete out of the way they're out of control. All the we're going back in the day, a complete out of control lifestyle. You know, if you when I bought Shout at the Devil, if you had the vinyl like I did, and you open up the the gatefold, right? You got all four guys dressed in these. I'm going to call them satanic looking black leather outfits with all of the face paint and makeup and all the hair and all that jazz. And remember that's when the video came out for looks at kill. So you've got these, you've got these, these really neat characters and there's a lot of violence on shout at the devil, right? A lot of things about, about killing people or about the devil and helter skelters on there. And back then when I was growing up, that was still kind of a hot topic um, because of the movies and books and things. So I really thought those guys were neat and I got too fast for love and I liked it. It's, it's very strong. It wasn't, it wasn't as good as shout, but it was very good. And I just started to hear about their antics. And I started to watch some of the things um, on, on MTV and started to, to get some information. And these guys just were out of their minds. They were out of their minds. Their, their complete lack of, of any type of control to me was just something that was kind of neat. You know, mm -hmm. you have, you have other bands that you, and this is all through magazines and MTV, but you have other bands that are, that are wild in nature and they're doing a lot of goofy shit. But Molly Crew was just over the top with everything that they were doing. And I just, I don't know, something about the four of those guys. And the chemistry that they had and some of the stories that I had heard and some of the things happened in the newspaper headlines and, and stuff. I just, I don't know, man. They're my they're my guys and I've never looked back. Colin, did you end up seeing The Dirt? You weren't I on have. that episode with us. What did you think? Um, I, I did not like it as much as everybody else. And I think the reason is because I knew a lot of what was already in there. It, to me, it was kind of like a primer for Motley Crue, right? If I'm, yeah. if I'm, a, if I'm a guy a that goes... Notes. Right, exactly. If I'm a guy yeah. that goes, you know, I wonder what that band Motley Crue is like, then I watch it and I learn. But if I'm a Motley Crue guy, it wasn't anything more than I hadn't read or heard. So I'm kind of like, yeah, you showed me, but I want more. You know, I want to get into a little bit more of some of this stuff. And it didn't go there for the fans that are truly that deep into it. Um, just like you said, great, great reference. It's a Cliff's Notes. It's a, it's a great way to have a pop to the general population out there that goes, wow, that's kind of fun. And, and the, all my friends loved it. I just didn't love it. I, I liked it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. 
Um, and, and and you're right too that there's there's definitely a, there was a, a lot of excitement surrounding Motley Crue uh, and their sort of like notorious behavior. I remember, you know, is one of those things where people want to like you know put on a dark mood. They would they would start you know that that sort of opening intro with the uh, with the I don't know how how would you describe sort of like a post-apocalyptic sort it of is post-apocalyptic right, post-apocalyptic exactly. sort of prophecy and you know those who own the youth own the future so come with me children of the <laughs> beast so and shout at this. the devil yeah <laughs> yeah he'll post it on Instagram tomorrow we'll yeah, get bad responses it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's the best. Uh, and then that goes right into Shout at the Devil, which at that time was just like such a heavy track. Um, oh. And it, it would def, definitely scare the parents a little bit. Exactly. And uh, again, but, the other the other lyrics in the album, there's there's blood on the knife. There's, you know, killing his, his parents or father or whatever that was, you know, knock him dead kid. There's, they're talking about, again, Helter Skelter with Charles Manson and all that jazz. And there's, you know, God bless the children of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> all that jazz. You know, here, <laughs> I, here I am. Looks to kill all knock that jazz. It's a fucking exactly. good record. It is. Yeah. Right. So here I am looking at I'm like, who you know, who writes God Bless the Children of the Beast? And I go, that's just awesome. You know? And now now and John, I heard John that was inspired this. by the Carpenters. <laughs> yes. And and John made this point a couple of episodes ago. You know, I understand when you get the theater of pain, they changed a lot. And it was not this album. And then you get the girls, girls, girls. And you know, the the other records were not as strong as Shout, but I just I don't know, between the releases their antics just kept me hooked. They didn't they yeah. didn't kind of give you any downtime. They kind of kept it ramped up. You know, it's always 100 miles an hour back in the day with those guys. And I just I really it, I guess I was just more in awe of yeah. how Well, I, I said that lifestyle. during the Dirt episode that I always liked Motley Crue as a concept more than I liked their music. Like yeah. I liked their look, I liked what they were up to. Their live shows were always fun. Mm. But after Shout at the Devil, the albums are spotty. They, they are. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah. there's no doubt. But it, it's, yeah, it, it, I guess you're right, John. I guess it's more, I guess what I what I fell in love with was you, the You concept. fell in love with was, was the Motley crew of Shout at the Devil, and then they just sort of twisted the formula every couple years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would still have the little pentagram in there every once in a while. I'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean, these guys are, these guys are dangerous. Vanilla yeah. Coke, still pretty good. Orange yeah. vanilla Coke, not that good. <laughs> but how about the, give it a shot how about the Coke with like lime Coke. in it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You try it. Exactly. How about the grape Coke? It's good. But uh, I, I remember in seventh, I remember in seventh grade, like the the, the, the guys would be like, they'd, they'd pull out the, they'd pull out the J card and they'd read like the, the you know the description of like how the album was produced and they talk about like what the studio they had drank i don't know uh x number of bottles of you know jack daniels and they're referencing all the cases of beer that they that they crushed and you know talking about all the fosters you know death charges they drank and and all the girls and whatnot in seventh grade people was like that made them even more sort of like uh I don't know, like a like a sort of uh, like bad boy characters to look up to, that they just kind of reveled in their kind of like decadent, uh, uh, debauched behavior, which is you know what rock and roll always needs or a generation always needs. You you can't have like, it always be safe. I knew a kid in high school, right? He'd be like, you know, if you put a penny under your tongue, 
it'll give you a headache and then you can go to the nurse's office. And I'm always like, you know, you could just say you had a headache. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't actually need to do like eight pounds of blow and like three cases of beer. They could just say they did. Well, True. But they did yeah. it. <laughs> That's how but they that, lived. I don't know what you're alluding to, David, because David Lee Roth drank a full bottle of Jack Daniels every show for Van Halen. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. He's great. He doesn't know what iced tea tastes like. <laughs> no, not at all. And same thing with Michael Anthony. It yeah, wasn't iced one. tea. Yeah. But uh yeah, again, it's 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 part of the hype machine. It's what, you know, kind of builds a band sort of like image uh, for, you know, for bad or, or 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 good or what have you. And then, you know, then you almost die of heroin. So there must be some Happy truth in the talking all so long about Molly Crew. I, because, because Molly Crew's awesome. Because we wanted to know about how Colin got into Molly Crew and how they made his list. Oh, now yes. we move on they to care. You, David. They care. And before we get to David's pick, if I could just jump in for a second. <laughs> for those for those of you playing the home version of our podcast, we have a Google form that we use, a Google Doc here that we where we can watch each other make changes. David, you've changed your top five seven times. Well, we, <laughs> oh, I, I, I might change it again oh, before it gets to one, so, too. So can you give us number three now <laughs> and before it changes again? Uh, I'm going to sub my now. four for three because I'm <laughs> I'm sure I'm more sure about my four than I am about my three. All right. So okay. I'm going to go with okay. Wasp's first record, Wasp. And that the really surprises me. Title. It's really just a banger beginning that. to end. It's it's that's so not you, though. No, I, you kidding me. I've, I've, I've got posters. You can have them if you want them. But I've got posters, tapestries. I loved Wasp. I still it's, do. It's still. Um, oh, yeah. It, it is, it's not me, but it's is like for me, it's kind of like the it's I wouldn't even call that necessarily a metal record as much as I would call it like a very heavy rock record. And, you know, I really, really like that record. I think it just bangs straight through beginning to end. It's got the ballads. It's got the, you know, the rock tunes uh, and, and, and everything you need to make a very complete record. And as I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking like I'm going through my old playlists and my search history on my iTunes. I'm like, what are the records that I will be driving along? And be like, I need to hear this because, um, as I mentioned, I commute a lot, I drive a lot because I'm kind of, I'm the, I'm at least the drop off guy for my kids to school. I'm, I'm in the car a lot, so I listen to a lot of music, and uh, you know, I got my wireless headphones everywhere I go, so I'm, I'm purposely trying to listen to more music. But there's stuff I always fall back on. Wasp is one of those that a couple of times a year I'll spend a full day listening to it two or three times maybe, um, depending on what I'm doing. So yeah, that's a pretty solid pick for me. The other two, I'm I'm swapping around. You know, I've got okay. some honorable mentions that I'm going to be you, clicking you, in you and keep out. Keep swapping. You don't let Colin dissuade you. <laughs> Look, yeah. Look the end just because life, you're going to be stranded on an island doesn't mean the boat it's left not, yet. It's like, not like I'm going to be right. stranded. With Colin Bosler. All right. That's true. But you will be disappointed if <laughs> yeah. you don't put that anthrax hey, back, David. Hey man, it's hey man, yeah. it's time to it's my turn to put on night night music. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be lucky to be on an island with me, my friend. <laughs> um All right. On, 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 on that note, John, you have uh, another pick here yeah, for us? My number three is Master of Puppets, which I talked about on my first episode on the show. <laughs> 
Nice. Uh, I think I was overruled on that episode by you and Colin uh, <laughs> picking Ride the Lightning uh, instead of Master, which I don't, you know, I Ride the Lightning's equally amazing. I just, I, my first Metallica record, the one I fully embraced was Master of Puppets, and I think it, it yeah. has remained that. Yeah, that counts for a lot right there. It's where you come in sometimes. Yep. May not be the, you know, the people came in for Kill 'em All. That might be their favorite record, but it it wouldn't be my favorite record because, you know, it was like, uh, you know, what like David was describing you, like you backtrack and you kind of discover, all right, well, I like Ride the Lightning, but this record doesn't really sound like Ride the Lightning. So I'm going to like it a little bit less. Yeah. And um, this record got cemented also because this was the first chance we had to see them as well. We were 15. We got to see them open for Ozzy. And uh, and we're really into that record at the time. So it was just a bonus that we got to see um, a coked up Ozzy in, in a sequined robe and uh, and San Francisco's Metallica opening for him uh, in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. And yeah. uh, I just everything. It, it's a it's a very crystalline memory that night of of the religious zealots outside with the with the giant nice. cross and the bullhorn handing us those little uh, comic books about going to hell which oh the chick I, the I, chick I, tracked I, is that what they're called I yeah love they're those awesome comic books. You, you can look yeah. them up online yeah they're amazing mm. Like, I used I used that devil for the the black I'm, metal episode. When this episode launches, get ready because I am throwing some of those on the Instagram for whoever wants to see <laughs> some, nice. uh, some some good '80s scaremongering into uh, into Christianity. Um, but yeah, I, there was a lot going on in the Cow Palace parking lot in February of 1986. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But that's uh, yeah. That again. And, and again, it begins kind of uh, Metallica, sort of like uh, 86, 86, yeah. that would have been. And there were, because that's a like, cliff died in 86, too. So that, there we go. You know, their wor- world domination kind of begins and kind of like stops a little bit there, uh, for, at least temporarily. Um, so I, as, as promised, I'm going to throw out another, uh, and, and one I've, I've talked about before uh, from like 85 here. And this is. Uh, King Cobra's ready to strike. Can't <laughs> can't touch that. That's uh, uh, again. It's uh, it's it, it and it, I think it's probably one of these records. If you listen to it, just it would. And if you hadn't heard it, it would instantly date itself to like 1985, and you would just kind of wince at like, oh, yeah, I'm not not gonna get into this. You know, 30 years hence. Um, is it 30 years? I'm doing math here in my head wrong. I'll do math in public, dude. Oh, it's over th- shit. Over 30 years, dude. You're right. That's like 35 years. Yeah. Damn, that makes me feel real old. You are real old. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, but uh, <laughs> this is probably the best King Cobra record. If you had to like start your King Cobra listening uh, experiment, you would you would start with that one. And uh, as I said before, this was, you know, like a read about it in music land. Uh, no, read about it in circus, got it music land. And uh, just I listened to it like as soon as I got it back in my parents car, listening to that all the way. And it just it just all the songs are just kind of like awesome little time capsules that take me back to a particular time 
uh, back back when John and I were in, in eighth grade, going to like dance parties at uh, at folks' houses on the weekends and uh, just doing sort of like silly innocent things. But uh, and King Cobra is kind of like a silly innocent band, um, but uh, I, I I really like this one so. The rest, the rest of the records that they managed to, to turn out, uh, while they still had a, uh, you know, a viable record contract, uh, not as good. So are these all on cassette Ready. for you, Michael? Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I got them on, I got the CDs and the LPs. But I, when I first bought them, yeah, they were all on cassette. Mm. Yeah, this one has XDR. You guys remember XDR? Yeah. Uh, faintly. Expanded dynamic. Expanded dynamic. There we go. Right when you when you play the first side, it goes beep 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 to tell you that. <laughs> right. And then, then, it, then at the then at, then at the end, it goes beep 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 beep, and you're like, uh-huh. yeah, that's because it's like quality sound. It's not THX, but it's XDR. So yeah. I think there's a Arcade Fire album that uh, that starts off with that or ends with that as a sort of little Easter egg for the kids, but. Uh, there you go, King Cobra, making me all nostalgic yeah. for '84. I, I remember, I remember sitting in a studio with somebody, and they were like, "Cassettes become lower quality as soon as you make them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. And but, I was like, uh, "Damn, well, geez, give me the Max L two. Yeah, but they still play, and they still still rock. Damn it, my old A tracks still play." Oh, thanks, Sam. So you're welcome. But uh, we'll go back to the top of the list here on Collins Desert Island. His pleasure Ed pick Bosler. number four. I, which I want some. I want some credit before I give my listening audience my pick. Oh. We have not done a very good job of respecting ACDC on oh. our program. We really it's, haven't. It's true. We be, have not spoken a lot about. We've given them. them everything they deserve. Oh. Just, just despite the fact that we wow. just we were we were in conversation about having an all ACDC uh, uh, episode uh, to go with their oh. upcoming album release and probably tour delayed, but uh, you're right though. Otherwise, yeah, we don't mention Angus Young or, or Brian Johnson or even Bon Scott. Um, so, Especially why bon is that? Uh, because we're not doing a very good job of respecting oh. them. so those of you that listen to our program throw out your comments on the gram or on facebook and let us know how much you want that acdc episode we're going to get on that thing soon but on my my number four is back in black and it's not because honestly it's not because of hell's bells and you shook me all night long it's it's because again from start to finish it's a rocking album there's some great songs. I love giving the dog a bone and and what do you do for money, honey? And so those other supporting tracks. <laughs> you, it's easy now. Have a drink and, on me. Exactly. So yeah. because it, when I jumped into ACDC, we're going to get into this much later when we finally do our episode, but I jumped in at Dirty Deeds and I really like Dirty Deeds Dunder Jeep. There's a lot That's of it. really fun tracks on there. And then Angus dies on us, and uh, no, uh, excuse me, not Angus. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, bon Scott dies on us, um, and and when Back in Black, when I was in my area, when Back in Black came out, the big question was Bon Scott's gone. Uh, 
how is Brian Johnson going to do? You know, is this band going to be worth our time? And I thought that Back in Black was just an amazing release, as many people did. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think uh, the uh, For Those About to Rock is just as good, if not better. But I had to pick one of them, and I chose Back in Black. Okay. Well, ce- celebrating 40 years uh, since its release in 1980, Back yeah. in Black. Yes, so and I didn't, I didn't mean to kill off Angus. There, it was Bon Scott. That died. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, I, I, their I song titles bon are like Scott. are like a are like a Gene Shalit review of a movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said what was that? Their their song titles are like I don't mean to shoot to thrill, <laughs> <laughs> but well, if you'd like me, to uh, have a drink on me. <laughs> Jeez. Then I'll be Come glad on. to give the dog a bone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I uh, Back in Black is amazing. I prefer Bon Scott, which is kind of weird because growing up, Brian Johnson was really already in ACDC by the time I got around to listening to them. But going back, I just like the Bond records more. I love the Bond records. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were, I, I feel like the Bond records were very creative and the songs were very different, you know, record to record and song to song. And I know I'm wrong, over, I'm overgeneralizing the, the Brian Johnson stuff, but I tend to think like you've, you've got the hits and you've got everything else with, with Brian Johnson. And well, the, the thing is, is like Brian only has like sort of two records that you could consider classic ACDC records, maybe three. I mean, a flick of the switch is borderline, but for those about to rock and back in black, obviously, but all the other big ACDC songs and albums are Bond. It's true. Yeah. But Although Razor's have, uh, Edge is pretty strong. It's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's got what? It's got Thunderstruck on it's it. Got Thunderstruck, it's which is played in every arena at every oh, sporting it's, event it's ever. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, uh, shout out to to my video game loving uh, friends who listen to the show. Thunderstruck on Rock Band is quite a track to enjoy. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, they just seem like their hits are big hits. So yeah. their filler, their, their and, filler dude, is not as deadly. concert, and it's just hit, 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 hit for two hours. Like, oh yeah, sorry, you know every song. Like, it, I probably yeah yeah you're right. I probably know a lot more ACDC songs than I think I do. Um, it, but you know the same is true of like you know Cool in the Gang. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've been a staple of rock radio for what. 50 years now, 45 years at least. Like, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they're songs that are as old as we are. So it's like, you know, uh, yeah, they've been around our whole life. Yeah, it's like it, Zeppelin. It, I, those songs are just sort of like it, part of a rock DNA. sucks. <laughs> I, look, there I, it goes. I with, I'm going with ACDC over Zeppelin too, but uh, those songs are inescapable. Like, even yeah. if you don't put on a Led Zeppelin record, you already know every song. That's right. Because you listen to 70s or 80s rock radio and you were taught to know those songs. That's right. You've been yeah. just you weaned at the teep. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about ACDC a little bit further. And and, and, and Colin's right. We have neglected them. And, and, and yeah. maybe it's because they're 
they're maybe they're like Led Zeppelin in that regard. They're like they don't stand out as a as a sort of quintessential heavy metal band. And the, I don't know if they'd even regard themselves as a as a heavy metal band. Um, yeah. But when but, they uh, tour, they play baseball stadiums. So that's it's, right. Uh, still, I mean, yeah. they are they are they, top of the mountain still. And so new album end of this year. Uh, there was going to be a fall tour. I guess we'll see if that gets if that gets pushed. Uh, and Brian Johnson is back after Axel stepped in for the for the second half of the last tour. Mm-hmm. Right. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, but it was actually mm-hmm. kind of great. Did you guys ever see any of those videos of Axel like filling in? No, I have. Check, I have check not. Out no. Did he do I, one like in a wheelchair or in a seat uh, or something? I mean, he did. No, he did that at the start of Guns N' Roses last tour. He hurt uh, his foot when they were doing that oh, yeah. opening show at the at the Roxy. And Dave Grohl gave him that throne that he had made for <laughs> his leg. Right. And uh, but you know Brian Johnson was having hearing issues, I guess, yeah, some sort yeah. of tinnitus thing, and then uh, left the tour. And Axel ended up doing I don't know how many shows, ten. Mm. But go online; they're actually kind of great. Like what you would think is like this will not work is pretty great. I think uh, I think Axel loves acdc and was was sort of i mean i think it's hard to humble uh, axel rose but i think he was like he was genuinely pleased to to be a part of that and it's it's better than you'd think okay no i i had heard about that but i had never you know sought it out but uh, definitely check it out. Let's, you are you know, not yeah. bringing Return of Bruno on the island. I will fucking believe that. <laughs> Holy hell. But, well, it's, it's, all it's, right, it's David. Da- David's turn here, so if he wants to bring... Uh, all right. So my, uh, I'm, I'm logging in. I, I had originally a different record by this artist. Uh, I'm bringing Alice Cooper from the inside. Hell yeah. Um, I originally had... Love it to death, just because you know I I am a huge Alice Cooper fan, and I like those little triptychs he puts in his records. Right from Welcome to My Nightmare, he's got Stephen, The Awakening, uh, you know, years ago, really just descriptive and theatrical. And on Love It to Death, I think it's um the eh, it's the one about Jesus walking on water and all that stuff. It's uh, second coming i think it's called great little trio of songs there but you know what despite as disco as it is alice cooper from the inside the record he made uh based on his time in a, a rehab or an asylum depending on which interview you yeah listen. it's a concept album right the concept yeah. he was he was he had himself locked away for addiction and he was going to he was depressed and all this other stuff And depending on which interview you listen to, he was institutionalized, he was in rehab or whatever. But each of the songs is based loosely on someone he met on the inside. And, you know, the pop songs, they're clever. They're really, really tight. Like the production on that record is great. Um, It's I forget who the who wrote it with him, like Desmond Child or some 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 like famous songwriter, Bob Ezrin, maybe or something. Um, but uh, Bernie Toppin wrote, co-wrote the the you now the, the ballad, the no the title song from the inside. Okay, with, yeah, that's pretty obvious. With David Foster wow. as well. They also wrote um, "Serious" together on yeah, that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a um, 
a real uh, studio band based record. Um, but I'll tell you, it's good. It's you got to give it a minute because, like I said, it starts real, real kind of disco-y. Um, there's a song called Millie and Billy about like a couple who kills uh, the girl's husband. Um, and it's the, the lyrics are just poetic about chopping him up, you know, um, in little baggies and things like that. Um, and there's a, a ballad on there, How You Gonna See Me Now, which sounds a little bit like an air supply tune and got some radio airplay when this record came out. It's a really good record. Um, you know, the there's a one of the, one of the tunes in there is called Jackknife Johnny and it's about like a Vietnam vet who who came home with a woman from Vietnam and how his friends wouldn't talk to him anymore and he's like you know mopping floors somewhere you know um it's a good record if you haven't heard it or if you haven't given it a chance I, that's another record for me that's in pretty heavy rotation i could sing it inside out and backwards uh, i've heard it so many times um but yeah that's going to be a pretty solid record for me in the uh, on the desert island you know what's yeah. interesting, if if I may, David, what's interesting about this album, because right. when I when I was when I was not listening to metal when I was younger, I was listening to a lot of sticks in Kansas and, and a lot of bands, I think I mentioned this before, a lot of bands I listened to told stories. What I really liked about this album was it was it was it seemed more realistic in the stories and in the concept of the album and in the artwork. Like you could see the people in the asylum when you open the fold, right? You open yeah, his got, face. Yeah, I've got the, I've got the gatefold record of that. Yeah, and when I and and so when I get this thing, because I I liked I liked a lot of Alice Cooper. I I did a little bit more of the less mainstream stuff like Flush the Fashion and and mm-hmm. and uh, some other different albums. But so I get this one when I'm younger, and I open up Alice's face, and there's all these people inside this. But the story is not just like a story; it's almost like you said he's reporting on his experiences. And when he and when he gives you this information, it has such realism to it that the characters really impressed me. I, at the time, I didn't know about him being in that rehab sanitarium, whatever it was, but I really thought that it was a very, very neat way of of getting those characters to pop and seem more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Good record. Cool. All right. I'm definitely gonna have to check that one out again. But uh we move to move to John. John, you got a selection for us to follow up on David's Alice Cooper from the inside? Yeah, my next record I'm gonna talk about is Operation Mindcrime. Yeah. Mindcrime. And and I brought this album because uh oh yeah it's another concept album uh i just i like the story i like the playing i like the songs uh everything about this record i can listen to over and over and uh haven't gotten tired of it since it came out i think it's probably the best album queens put out and david's gonna be like cool uh yeah <laughs> nice, he totally nice, agrees I was, just, I was just listening to it this morning yeah nice barometer <laughs> uh but uh you know i know mike will back me with that record I, it's it's a record that we play i i don't even know how many copies i've bought of operation Mindcrime over the years on cassette on cd on vinyl on cd again on vinyl again Uh, mike sent me a copy uh, of the vinyl that jeff signed when you guys met him um i i really do think it's it's an amazing album yeah i agree uh 
it, yeah, again, they were they were falling up the, the the Rage for Order album, which is also one of my favorites. And of course, we just we just saw Jeff, you know, do the you know the the anniversary of uh, the release of uh, Empire, but he also did the the full album of Rage for Order, which was just goddamn astounding. Uh, because of course he probably had never sang some of those songs live ever. Um, and then to like bring them back out and, and to really kind of bring them alive after 35 years of just kind of like just laying, you know, on tape. Uh, but, but you know, mind crime was like a mind blower when, uh, when, when it first came out and, you know, the, the, the songs, the, the playing on it, uh, everything about it is, is absolutely spectacular. Um, and then you you add the the really sort of like involved uh, narrative that that makes the the concept record both at at the time I guess uh, very sort of timely um, and very sort of compelling was uh, again it was just a real stroke of genius there for for Jeff Tate and the, and the band and again he's he's still touring with his band called Mind Crime and they they you, you know I don't know how long this Empire tour was was scheduled to go on but he could pop into the Sellersville any day of the week and uh, put on that show and it would sell out yeah I had tickets to see him here in Austin but I am afraid that's being rescheduled yeah yeah that's and again we had tickets to see Alice Cooper um, and that's obviously going to be canceled uh, we started, again, I was I was showing you know, April like the the list of all of Collins' uh, upcoming shows that he had tickets for, and it's like, man, most of these shows are probably going to be canceled now. Which, yeah, which is a fuck, which is a fucking bummer. But, I still got uh, my fingers crossed yeah. that some of them will be on there. Yeah, hopefully well, the ones my, in the I later got my fall. Tickets in the mail for uh, the Sebastian. Philadelphia Orchestra. Nah, Philadelphia Orchestra is playing uh, Harry Potter with the film live. Oh, nice. that's fun. Yeah, it's, have a Star Wars. it's in July. It'll be, it'll yeah. be kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, guys, we're still going to play it, but uh, you can't come. Well, the money. upside is uh, you can put on Harry Potter at home. Grab the guitar <laughs> and uh, play along for the kids. <laughs> Same thing. Perfect. Just put on Mind Crime. If you start Mind Crime at the second roar of the lion, <laughs> it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, there, uh, Rocky, that, Rocky oh, Raccoon. Who's next on your list? Oh, no. uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a little mainstream here for us and follow up on uh, your your selection of Motley Crue's "Shout at the Devil." I'm gonna go one better and give you some "Too Fast for Love," uh, which again is a record that uh, that I only came into after I had basically like squeezed out every last drop of uh what i could get out of shout of the devil and again it was just kind of like well then i'd like to see what else these guys did and damn it uh it's a very different sounding band it doesn't have any of the sort of like sensational you know kind of pyrotechnics or or you know the theatrical elements that are built into shout at the devil um they just have like 10 and great songs, you know, and they're they just all kind of like flow one right after the other. I think the hit that stands out, which for which they had a video, was the uh, shit drawing a blank. The one live wire. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, it was another record that I would just listen to 
uh, you know, on cassette in my bedroom on the weekends doing algebra homework or what have you. And it just kind of like get got ingrained in me. Um, and again, they're, they're just again for this is their their debut record. And like a lot of debut records from this period, it's usually sort of like the stored up sort of like, you know, quality material that the band has like honed, uh, you know, on, you know, on the stage in front of crowds for for several years at least before it gets recorded um and it, it definitely shows you know a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of quality songwriting uh, definitely not a lot of these songs get played by the band anymore and i think a lot of people who go back to to uh you know to, to too fast for love are maybe a little disappointed that it's maybe a little a little tame and it doesn't have like uh, like colin was saying all the sort of like uh, juvenile delinquency and all that other stuff that uh, that you get on the later records, but uh, for for me, it's a, it's definitely like a sweet record to just put on and, and and listen to it, you know, top to bottom, anytime on a desert island. Yeah, we could do that. You know what's interesting about that release to me is I don't like the production. I think the production is pretty poor, but there's something about the poor production that actually works for that album, and I don't mind it. I usually yeah, hate yeah. I usually hate bad production, but that one I don't mind. It seems to just still flow, and I like it. Yeah, and and again, that's that's kind of like one of the endearing qualities of some of these debut records, that especially like the early pressings, where it's just kind of like you got two or three days in the studio, and they just crank them out, and yeah, they're going to sound a little bit. Uh, you know, scratchy. They're going to seem a little rushed. It's going to seem a little sort of like out of tune. But uh, that's you know that's that's part of the the whole process of it you know in and out and you know for for every Motley Crue too fast for love there are you know a hundred two hundred other bands who just made that one record and that was it and we never even heard of them. Um, but right. Rocky Raccoon, Rocky Raccoon likes to dig them out, and we're not calling him Rot Gut, not Rocky. <laughs> Rock not, no, 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 I, I couldn't remember your name. I was like, is it Rock Gut? Is it Rocky? Yeah. Now Rocky's with Bullwinkle pulling shit a, out of his hat. So. I made a Beatles reference too, right? Wasn't that Rocky Raccoon? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. So that's that's fair enough. All right. Well, so Colin, do you got yep. another one for us? We want to like give everybody what we got. Everybody did four, so we could. Yeah, this is just as easy to move on. This is a, it's your last yeah, round. Number five, and and for me, it's it's Van Halen too. It is uh, 30 minutes, I think, like 32 minutes total. But again, great album, start to finish. Love the energy. Love, love the energy of this release. So um, you press play and just have a blast, man, from start to finish. What What are the tracks on on two? Remind us or remind me. Remind uh, you. Uh, hold on one second. Somebody get me a doctor, right? Isn't that on Van Halen okay. too? Um, somebody uh, it get is. Me. Yep. yep. Uh, beautiful women, beautiful girls. Sorry, is on. Uh, beautiful girls is on there. Somebody get me a doctor. Dance yep. the night away. Bottoms up. Women Spanish in love. Fly. Women in love is probably yeah, women in my, love. my favorite Van <laughs> Halen songs ever. Um, okay. It just again only thirty two minutes or thirty minutes, whatever it is. But it, it, it's it, it's just so much fun. It, it there you can you can almost hear them laughing. 
when they're singing and when they're when they're playing their music. And you're on a desert island, right? You want to have fun. You don't want anything depressing. You don't want something that's going to bring you down. You want to be able to put on music that's going to at least keep you happy, keep your spirits up. And this this, this does. All right, cool. Well, we got a Van Halen selection in there. Um, move on to David. What you got for number your fifth? <laughs> it's changed fifth again. Choice. <laughs> it oh, has it changed has again. <laughs> Put um, Anthrax back. It, it no. was Anthrax. It was Danzig. Yeah, I, I mean, well, nope. are we gonna Jesus do? Was... Yeah, oh, Jesus, Lizard Record is. You so... got a lot of honorable mentions on. I there, do too. have a lot of honorable what, mentions. My, my favorite Danzig just... record is when he got punched out in the hallway. <laughs> That was good. I, you know, I saw him live. I saw him live for the first record. I saw him live for the second record. The second record, I bought it because I loved the first record and the first tour so much. The second record sucked. I gave it away to somebody. Then I saw him live, and it was awesome. And I was like, man, I must have been wrong. I bought the second record again. It still sucked. <laughs> 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 what was wow. I thinking? It was so good live. It was like, man, they should have just made this a live record because it sucks. I never, I never understood the cult of Danzig. I just never got it. I, I don't, I don't get the appeal. He's just one of those artists to me that I can't figure Did you, out. I mean, well, I mean, he's doing something nobody. He he picked that niche, and it was kind of like it was literally big enough for a five foot seven dude. You know, and he filled it and nobody tried to touch it. You know, usually yeah. these days in any genre, somebody picks a niche, they get famous on it and like 20 people jump on board. Nobody tried to take his spot. And I mean, the misfits are good. They've got their clunkers, yeah. but the misfits are good. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hain, their records, you can't get their records, but like listen to like November Coming Fire. Very solid record, not gr- not great production, but a really solid record. And then the first Danzig record, you got Chuck Biscuit, so I think played in um, Black Flag. You got John Christ, I don't know what band he where he came from, and you got Erie Vaughn, who's his bass player from the Misfits. And that first Danzig record is great. The second one is <laughs> um, <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> But uh, my choice kicked around a lot. Um, I, you know, what, the one that was in there a couple of times and then gone was Jesus Lizard Goat. I love Jesus Lizard. It's David Yao from uh, Scratch Acid, okay. if you're not into that. Um, real noisy, really great guitar sound on there. Um, but I am going to go with a record that appeals to all of my sensibilities. And it's like the quirkiness, the virtuosity the groundbreaking nature and it is primus's frizzle fry um just heavy and hard and great playing and again it was a band that slipped into a niche that we didn't know we needed but then they're freaking awesome uh so i that record is uh is pretty regularly in heavy rotation for me they open with The child. There is. um, Yeah, they got that unique groove. uh, I think it's in the song "Putting Time" or something, um, 
where it goes on to this extended jam and the bass playing on that. I mean, people just never had heard this kind of bass playing before. And he just, he kills it. Uh, I saw them play uh, here in Philly on that record. Um, Tad opened. And if you know Tad, like the singer, guitar player, is just this big mountain of a man. He's enormous. uh, Who who looks not unlike Leslie West uh, a little bit. And he mooned the crowd. And let oh. me tell you, whoa, that's a that's a that's a full moon. It's a bad moon rising. <laughs> bad moon rising, <laughs> uh, and it's broken. It's broken too. It's got it's got a big crack in it. Done. Uh, done. Try the veal, everyone. Done. He'll be oh, here yeah. all night. <laughs> <laughs> Tippy bartenders. Okay. Um, yeah. So my picture for Fries. friends. It's awesome. Okay. That's, All right. That's a cool My honorable pick. mentions yeah. are Nuclear Assault Survive, Danzig's first record, Agnostic Front, Cause for Alarm, Carcass, uh, uh, Necroticism, nes- Descanting the Insalubrious, and I'll stick Jesus Lizard in there. I'm done. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, on that note, I'll pick another one that's kind of in the same vein there. Um, Dawkins, Tooth and Nail. <laughs> Little Dawkins makes the list. There you go. Again, this is another record. I think I got this one probably from one of the one of those uh, Columbia Music Club things. Uh, but again, I love I love me some Dawkins from the time I heard. Uh, let's see, you'd hear uh, "Just Got Lucky," and you'd of course hear the ballad "Alone Again" on the uh, the heavy metal show uh, Metal Shop, but. Again, it was one of those records, and I think you know of, of all, all the choices that I put together here, and I could have thrown in some Rat out of the cellar, could have thrown in some, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about that later. Y and T Mean Streak, but like when I put these these albums together, like the stack of cassettes here, and I have maybe like ten or twenty. That's like that was like my full sort of like collection in like seventh and eighth grade. Um, because you'd have limited budget and because you maybe have like a limited taste too. So you tend to uh, do things uh, that maybe don't do anymore, which is like listen to one record or two or three records over and over and over and over again. And not simply just kind of like in one ear out the other waiting for the next thing to come out. So you get very sort of intimate uh, with, with, uh, with albums that you play over and over again. And, and definitely Dawkins tooth and nail was just another one of those records. Um, and you know, David's laughter aside, you know, I was like, I'd make no apologies <laughs> for, for the, for, for King Cobra or, or Tokyo blade or, or Motley Crue. I'm not, Crew la- I'm not or, laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. That's, that's nice. That's nice. But, uh, and, and again, it's kind of like, you know, if you were listening to this shit in 1984, there are probably plenty of people saying, like, why are you listening to that crap? It's like, there's so much other good music you could be listening to. But it's like, you know, it's it, it's, it, it becomes it becomes super subjective. It's just like, this is what you're listening to. And if, Dude, if it's your island. Put in, ain't nobody going to say shit. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody going to say shit. What's Wilson going to call and, you out? You're good. Oh, right? Man, Can you imagine that any... conversation, though? Like him and uh, Don Dawkins and George Lynch are like sitting in the studio. It's like, what do you want to call this record? He's like, tooth and nail. Don Dawkins like looks at him with his teeth and he's like, seriously, man? He's like, what? It's like, you making a joke? I'm the no, two. I, I think it, it was probably the exact opposite of that. They high fived. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Got got some low grade cocaine and hopped in a Camaro <laughs> and like 
<laughs> Headed for the town. Dude, you, you got any the, coke in the Z? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put the masters in the cassette player and just kind of like roll down sunset. But uh, again, so did it's, we, uh, did it's we a skip re- John. Or did we just did, did, did M come before J this That's time? Fine. Oh shit! Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I'm still we'll, here. We'll, we'll, that's 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 my bad hey, there. It's your we'll, island, uh, man. It's your, you can do the alphabet any way you want. It's yeah, the, the island, the island, the islands move. <laughs> the islands move around. Well, I'm looking here on mine, and it has like this blank spot where David's is, and I'm trying to fill it in here with my glitter pen. But uh, again, yeah, these these uh, these these are records that maybe not all of them have uh, stood the test of time, but uh, for me, they're they're in their own sort of weird weird way, kind of timeless. Uh, so, and I got dozens of others, but we'll just, we'll confine it to these, uh, these quirky selections here. But, uh, I know John, you have another one on your list here that kind of fits into the same sort of, uh, period and, 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 and frame, uh, as well. So share with us. Well, my last record is not a metal record. It is an album by a band called Jellyfish. They were a San Francisco, they were a, uh, sort of a power pop san francisco band from the late 80s early 90s they were more of a 120 minutes band than a headbangers ball band they only put out two records um but they're very beatlesque uh a lot of harmonies a really really great music their their big influence was the band xtc so if you if you know xtc andy jellyfish uh yeah Andy Sturmer, uh, and, uh, Roger, yeah, Roger Manning and Jason Faulkner. Yeah. It was oh, yeah, like yeah, a bunch yeah, of guys Jason, from other bands. AJ, that, yeah. It was guys who had done a lot of studio work and, uh, and they put this band together. Like I said, they only have two records. We saw them open for the black crows at San Jose state. That, and, that's uh, so true. Yeah. And they were fucking great. And and I have played the shit out of those two albums ever since they they broke up after those two records. They have two other sort of compilation records. One is uh, is live music that that was compiled from various radio interviews and things that they had done. And uh, the other one is just sort of bits and bobs, uh, B-sides and this and that. I got lucky. A friend of mine was a was like a regional manager for Mike knows him, Dan Neff was, uh, was a regional manager for a record store, uh, in the early nineties. And we got invited to, uh, a record store, like private show by jellyfish in San Francisco. That was, I don't know, maybe a hundred people, but it was just great. And these, this band is sort of like a, a shooting star. Like they still have a, a fairly strong fan base online. People trade, what limited bootlegs there are of them. I think they're a really cool band that uh, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast have probably never heard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I want to change my, I want to change my fifth one to Mary's Danish. Uh, <laughs> here, here comes the wonder bus. I saw Mary's Danish at UCSB. They played basically in our cafeteria for free and they were awesome. <laughs> they are awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're great. Yeah, it's either that or that Bruce Willis record. No. No, Jellyfish, two records, Belly Button and Spilt Milk. Get them. Those 
Those those are those are great records. So that's that's a, that's a great choice there, John. Uh, I, I saw in your list you're going to put on White Lion, but uh, I, yeah, yeah I think I could spend more time. had moving pictures on there too. Yeah, uh, I did have moving pictures rush. on okay. too. Uh, you know, we'll talk uh, when we do the Rush episode and David flirts with suicide. Then we'll uh, we'll talk more <laughs> about moving pictures. Did you say something? Fair I, was, I was reading an email. Yeah. In, in my uh, original makeup, like uh, Mike said, he <laughs> talked about, about Mean Streak. I had Black Tiger on my original list. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. I also, what else was I going to throw in there? Like Rat Out of the Cellar? I thought um, about that too. Yep. You hey, know, I, I, I was a leather wolf. I wanted, wolf. To, I no. wanted to, to commend everybody for not having a Kiss record on... Well, it was we, a separate section. Yeah. Kiss will be talked about per usual yeah. on this podcast because it's not an episode without them. That's uh, true. That's, we, that's we, when Colin's turn to sigh. Comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, so we, so we did, we did have these special categories also yeah. for, so you know, talk, pick a live record. Our next then, category there, Michael. Okay. So, uh, damn it. If you can only listen to one live album for the rest of your life, what what would it be and why? And again, that's just the same sort of thought experiment. You could be on a desert island. You could be like buried in some sort of like underground bunker. Uh, you could be, you know, in a sunken submarine. But you got one live album. Fortunately, you have it in your, you know, Walkman. And you're listening to it. And you're a little bit better than you used to be. So we start with David. What, have you given this any thought, sir? Are you finishing have, your emails? You know, I, I'm actually uh, I'm waffling between two. Frampton and comes the, the alive. You have and... on the board is so good. It is. It really is. Um, and I'm gonna go with it. I mean, this is my this is the first. I want to say when I was a kid, my uncle, who's not much older than me, my youngest uncle gave me a copy of the kinks live on cassette, which was super awesome. That was my introduction to the kinks. Um, but the first live record I ever purchased myself and listened to with any degree of regularity was kiss alive Two. And the thing that I like the most about this record is that it sounds like one concert. I know it's not one concert. Um, but Alive One is a record made up of individual live re- recordings, which I don't really like. You know, it like fades in, fades out every track. Um, Alive Two sounds like a complete live record. It's got the fourth side, which is the, you know, this the covers, right? With like, what's on there? Like 2000 Man and the Dave Clark Five tune, uh, Any Way You uh, Want It. Rockin' you know, in the USA. Rockin yeah, rockin'. USA. It's, it's All American Man, Rockin' in the USA, Larger Than Life, Rocket Ride, and Any Fuckin Way You Want It. Rocket Ride. Rocket Ride, dude. That's, that's the song. I, I, that's the song. I've said this song. before. I was in my 30s, I think, when someone said to me, you do realize that every Kiss song is about sex, right? And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, Rocket Ride? Oh, crap. Uh, uh, it's about it's about space travel, man. Shock me! Oh, like not uh, Ace's songs. Ace's songs aren't about. Oh, they're about drinking. Just, yeah, 
<laughs> but yeah, but I mean, um, how great is it as a young Kiss fan to get alive to get the record and open it up and it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. look at this. Like with Huge. the the, just, the cat drum riser and the confetti and the fire, yeah. and you're like, this is something I need to be a part of. But you I know thought... I'm only five, but like <laughs> I I this this is a movement that I'm this. gonna sign up for. Mommy, and uh, I, I, I miss many right years choice. old. Yeah, yeah four, forty-four <laughs> years later, I but, have made you know, the right this, choice. But, but as a live record, man, it gets. They managed to put in <clears throat> the drum solo, the bass solo. You know what I mean? Like, and it works. Like that rendition of God of Thunder is so good. I, all it's of it. So good. It's, it's um, so great. I mean, it really is. And they've, what, are, are they up to like a live four now or five? I don't like, know. I, I picked up like one of the box sets that's all the alive yeah. records. Yeah, I have that too. <clears throat> now, I'll, I'm going to go and say I have somewhere, I think the only version of this I have from my childhood that survived is I've, I think I've got this on cassette somewhere. And I want to go back and listen to the original copy I have on cassette because when I was listening to this streaming, I'm going to tell you, I swear the current streaming version of this has been edited. There's uh, no, stuff uh, you're, in you're the absolutely mix absolutely right, because that has been redone, right? Yep, I just pulled it up on Spotify just to look at what, what the non-live songs were, and there's only two on the streaming version, which oh, is I'm wrong. Not talk, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about in the live recordings. Oh, maybe there so. There are like solos and vocal parts that are i am positive are different maybe, maybe they pulled the a little Sharon osborne to try and fuck over ace and peter um i think they just i think they just went in and, and kind of enhanced a couple of things tweaked um, it a little tweaked it a little bit, add some harmony here added a you know like redid a guitar solo or something there um but i'm sure because i i wore the heck out of this record um and I know like every quirk, like like I know the ad libs, I know the audience sounds, you know, like the mistake, everything. Um, and I had it streaming, and I'm like, I do not remember it this way. And I've got a pretty good memory for things like this. But either way, um, I was kicking around um, that early '80s Motorhead live, mostly because the live version of the song Motorhead. Um, comes from no remorse comes from uh live in hammersmith or something like that um i think it came out like 81 or 82 uh, but you know it, motorhead is like a, a really good go-to band for me but it's not a really it's not a go-to favorite band for me um but that live that kiss alive too i, I wish alive one was like faked to feel like a continuous concert because i think i would have liked it more if that were the case De- Very nice, solid choice, though. Great pick. Yeah, I really I'm not. I'm one. not comfortable with our agreement, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember this one from. This came out in '77, and uh, you, we'd we'd get it from the from the library and take it home and just kind of look at the pictures, like John describing. It's like the the gene picture that they selected for this is just so like good. it is just yeah. so he's just so covered in sweat and blood dripping out it's just like the most grotesque picture and that was the one like when you get the the kiss trading cards it's yeah. like you would just like stare at it and kind of go 
Fuck. And it would have Man. some stupid caption like Gene forgot I, his lip balm. No, I don't remember any. Ca- yeah. I don't remember captions <laughs> on the car. Remember, remember they would have stupid captions. <laughs> on that the was cards. like in Cream. Yeah, yeah, maybe in Cream, but I, yeah. I don't remember them like on the, the demon, cards themselves. The demon needs a tissue. <laughs> sounds like Clean Cream's up on trying aisle to come back, actually. What's that? Oh. It sounds like Cream is coming back in some sort of. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be in in a digital aspect, but uh, you can go to their website now and sign up and get periodic updates on what's going on with with Cream magazine. Huh. Boy, howdy! Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Um, so yeah, this is definitely like the era of like the trading cards and the. The lunchbox, which I I still have with the thermos. I think there's still like some old milk in it too, but uh, uh, we're gonna go with uh, John's metal album performed live selection. Yeah, my favorite live album is Live After Death, Iron Maiden's Live After Death, and this came out when we were 13 years old. We were too young to go see the Power Slave tour, but. Uh, I remember picking up the uh, picking up the cassette at at the music store there in Gilroy, and subsequently we got the VHS, and I damn near broke the VCR with that tape. Uh, okay. That tour for Iron Maiden was just a, a monster, and the set list is incredible. But like the staging, I, I just never seen anything like it. Well, I mean, I hadn't seen shit yet. Like we were too young to, <laughs> yeah. to, to go to metal shows. But like seeing that as sort of like th- this is what's waiting for you. Like you only need to get like a year and a half older and then this can be you. And uh, I mean, it is something else. I Like it gets to that finale when when the Eddie comes out, you know, parting parting the Sphinx and, and the you know, the pyro shooting out of his eyes and it's like, you know, it's, it's 10 stories high behind the band. It's, it's really something. And I, you know, maybe, maybe my memory is based more on, on that videotape, but you know, the live album is just the audio version of that. And, uh, I have played them both endlessly. Yeah, that's again, yeah, the number one live metal album many, many times and things that I've read. It, it's a it's a set list that can't be beat, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's one that they haven't really changed. That's uh, true. So much since since Power Slave came out, they still do Aces High and uh, Two Minutes to Midnight one two right out the gate. Yep, they uh, still play Trooper. That's, that's they still play Flight of Icarus all the time. Uh, depending on the tour, they play Power Slave, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner sometimes, Number of the Beast every time. Hallowed yeah. be thy name often. Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills and Running Free. And then I think it's, uh, I think it's got the best one of the best Iron Maiden covers album covers of all. It's oh sure, really yeah. yeah. I think that's that's a killer album into, cover into the into the gatefold, like the the two, the rest of the, the graveyard. Uh, yeah, with the Derek, uh, I've never, I've never really seen good that, at, at like hiding all that shit, like on gravestones, and, the, and you know, somewhere in time's a good example of that too, of of mm. hiding Easter eggs in their album covers. For sure, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's is, yeah, there's a, there's a, a there's a good article for that. that Iron Maiden broke up with Derek Riggs or vice versa, <laughs> because it was never the yeah. same. Like Eddie, Eddie drawn by him and their album covers drawn by him outpace anything else they ever did. Absolutely. Yeah. 
It's 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 part of their identity, and otherwise, yeah, it does seem kind of like corny to just kind of have some hack do it. But uh, yeah, it, the, the 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 live record is just like so ingrained in me that whenever I listen to Power Slave, I'm like, "Where fucking Churchill speech? Yeah. Why are they just <laughs> they just go right into the song? They're not going to do the Churchill speech." And then I'm like, oh, it's true. Well, yeah. Then, then, then the, I just press pause. Things... I press pause and I do it myself. Well, that's the, like, I mean, okay, that's the thing. It's like any given good live record. Uh, and I was, I was this way with kiss alive too. that banter, those comments, the imp, the, the ad libs in the middle of the songs become mm-hmm. part of the listening experience for the studio records. Yeah. Right. So you're just like, you're listening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's all that live stuff that they throw out there. You know, you're listening to Detroit Rock City, but like the Destroyer version, and you're throwing in the live ad libs in the middle of the song. People are looking yeah. at you like some kind of nut. Yeah, like come on, man. I, that would happen to me. Like when I would, I, I had the the rock and roll over eight track, and then when I'd listen to it on like cassette, when I got the cassette or the CD, I'm like, I'm still waiting for the fade outs <laughs> to then like switch to the next track because it would it would do that sort of yeah. like fade down. And then click and then fade up. They're still in my brain, um, as it were. But uh, I think that's that's what uh, listening to any kind of recorded music for so long will, will do to you. It just kind of like sticks with you, um, which which leads me to my choice. I've got just some uh, Scorpions Worldwide Live. Um, it's a double record, as, as any good live record ought to be. Um, and... Um, for, for a band that was at at the time, you know, enjoying probably the peak of its fame with, uh, you know, the follow up of uh, blackout and then love at first sting where they had like a lot of hits. They're getting a lot of play on MTV and, uh, and FM radio. So this was like the natural sort of extension of that with this, uh, this double live album, uh, which is recorded from their various stops around the world. Hence the title. Um, and I, what I think I, what I liked about it most too, or what I came to enjoy about it most was, uh, that if you weren't, if you were, if you only knew the, you know, the, the last two records, this gave you a much fuller sort of like overview of the band's career. And for me, introduced me to like a, a lot, lot more of their songs and, and a lot more of their sort of like, uh, their, their longer history. And unfortunately this was a record that I picked up. Uh, on the way to a camping trip with my folks, we were heading to Big Sur. We stopped in at, you know, some pharmacy in Monterey, and it was like somehow got my mom to like just throw that on the pile of snacks and stuff. And, and I spent like two <laughs> weeks, two weeks listening to nothing but Scorpions worldwide live. And yep, and every time I hear you know Rocky like a hurricane in my head, I gotta like hear someone saying like come on california you know just because that's what klaus is doing the uh, entire in the live version of it. yeah it's <laughs> there's lo- lots of shouts out to california can i get to your lighters out there where, was that? where was that recorded mike san diego it, it, it's uh it's the uh, it's recorded at a, at a bunch of different spots but uh, in, uh, some okay. of the um because, uh, I, but I think a lot of them were probably like a Long Beach Arena sort of thing, just like the the Maiden record was also at uh, at Long Beach Arena. So, like when Bruce shouts out "Long," let me hear you, Long Beach. It's like, yeah, that's that's 
calling out to that particular audience. Yeah, which is uh, funny because you see that videotape for Live After Death and it's like, this is the biggest, most insane thing I've ever seen. And like Long Beach Arena, it ain't that big. Yeah, like, yeah right? it's, it, it, it's a convention center. Like, it's, it's a, you know, they went on to much bigger heights after that. It's just like it was yeah. just so much larger than life. You know, in this tiny building. But I, I think your pick is incredible. If if it weren't for Live After Death, Worldwide Live would have been mine as well. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. And it's, again, great songs, great performances. And, again, I think because it ties in with, like, a particular moment. And I spent, a, really, like, a lot of time just listening to this record with headphones when I was out crawdadding or, like, walking around skipping rocks and stuff doing camp and shit so it just kind of sticks in that same sort of uh, uh in that way so that brings us to colin of course with his live record uh selection i have a lot of live albums that i uh, enjoy and by the way for john's pick just a, a little shout out to john there the artwork as you mentioned for your album is awesome and what i when that came out, what really I was excited about was I was going to get to learn Eddie's last name because it's on his tombstone. Yeah. And they and he drew over it. Well, <laughs> Eddie's, like, Eddie, Eddie's last name is Head. Oh, it's, really? Ed, it's Eddie T. And you see the H there. Eddie was always Ed the Head. Ah, so well, as, as it, head. I never knew that's that. Because that's what he started as. They could only afford the head in the early days. So they called him Ed the Head. I think yeah. they, they started with him in... I think they started with him as part of the stage show around Number of the Beast. There's that. There's a really good documentary online about Maiden. It's on YouTube, both parts. It's super long. It's like three hours long. But of course it uh, is. Like it's one amazing. Of songs. Like yeah, it, it's set to <laughs> one song. Uh, but yeah, his, his last name is Head. Oh, all right. Well, you heard it here first, kids. There you or go. maybe for many of well, you, it's not the first. Well. Uh, and also because the British don't pronounce the H in head. It's just Ed, like Ed hospital. Right. Yeah. Cool. So All right. Well. Yeah. It's, fuck, it's, it's fuck awesome. Yes, it, it has is. like a little book in it, it turns out. A little, little tour program. I haven't opened this in a while. Well, but yeah, it has like even more photos of the band. Awesome. All the places again, just like such an incredibly long tour. Um, yeah, undoubtedly, every picture shot by Ross Halfen. <laughs> he, he probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking here when it starts off, it's like uh, August 9th, 1984, Warsaw, Poland. Again, so they're like they're the, one of the first bands to play behind the Iron Curtain, too. And then it doesn't end until July 5th. 1985 at Laguna Hills, California. Yep. All so right. that's that's a that's a lot of stops along the way. Well, Colin. another another wonderful double album, live album is Priest Live. Yeah. Which is the, which is the one that I I just two reasons. One, I think it's done really really well. It is I think one of the best recorded live albums I've ever heard. And two, it's for the Turbo Tour. So if I only get to hear that live album for the rest of my life, that means I'm automatically going to get Turbo Lover and I'm going to get Parental Guidance. So, oh you know, win-win all the way around. And private property. <laughs> oh, really? Well, and it, yeah, it starts without in the cold, which is yes, great. It does. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. And you got heading out to the highway metal gods. I mean, it come is on, recorded God. super well. 
it, oh, I just think it's absolutely amazing. The the quality of the live album for this yeah. is just unreal. And then it came out with the DVD as well, or back then was VHS, which I thought also was filmed really well. There's a lot of money put into this release, and I think it shows. Did you see this tour, Colin? That the the, the Turbo Tour? No, I saw the um the one uh, the one with the fist on the planet. Ram it down. Uh, Ram it down. Yeah, I saw that one. That was that was my first pre-store. You're right to laugh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, lo- I like Ram It Down a lot. It's a fun album. Yeah, we saw that tour. And the, the stage was like a like a transformer, like a big like robot. Yes. And, uh, and the band was in matching sort of Mad Max regalia. <laughs> yep. uh, like Mad, Mad Max with like a lot of uh, bedazzling going on. Yeah, and Slayer yeah. opened. So we I saw like a visceral scary experience for young teenagers uh on on the floor for slayer and then and then out came mad max nice we had cinderella yeah. for our tour we didn't get yeah we were supposed to yeah oh, okay. i think that that sounds about right yeah i, when, I got pictures bought of the that. tickets it was cinderella and then nope it's actually slayer <laughs> Damn. all right Damn. you're welcome yeah <laughs> yeah so that that really fucked with people's heads. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, did we get everybody's live selections? We, we did. I think David when are they going to play? There. When are they going to play? Shake me. <laughs> yeah. Is this is this Cinderella? This doesn't They're look like Cinderella. Yeah, why this doesn't Jeff sound Lamar like Cinderella. Nails on his arm. <laughs> I thought they said. I thought. Did they say Cinderella? <laughs> Why is he screaming Slayer? at us? Why is Tom Keeper Slayer? screaming at me? <laughs> Cinderella coming Tom Keeper's on scary, mommy. <laughs> this isn't the Cinderella from the storybooks. No, no. This is this is definitely the bad sisters. Uh, so we, 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 we set ourselves up again. For, yeah, speaking of kiss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Keep it, keep it in uh, mind the theme here of this thought experiment. Uh, there, there are definitely lots of Kiss records that you could uh, listen to forever and ever. But in this scenario, you got to pick one. You know, the, like the the building is burning. You can only select one, and you're going to listen to that one forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's it. Uh, so uh, we we put this test to to John first, and we'll see what uh, what he has to say for his, you know, one and only Kiss record he's going to listen to forever. <laughs> My pick is a weird pick. I, I, I think, can't or, I it. think you guys might might think it's weird, but I picked Asylum, and I think that's also a moment in time record for me. And Dave. I, I see your consternation, which I mean, at this point, I'm used to. Like, I just can't right? believe it. Here's the thing: is I don't need to hear Destroyer ever again. I agree. I've heard it so many times, and actually, most of those '70s Kiss records. Because when I was young, my parents would buy me Kiss records. I had my stereo, you know, when I was a kid and, and I thought of them as superheroes, but I would get a record now and again, and I would play it forever. And just 
over and over and over. And I have heard those albums so many times that I don't really need to hear them. It's like it's like Van Halen. Like I didn't put a Van Halen album on my list because I could play a Van Halen record in my head anytime I need to. Like they're they're just there. But, That's that probably sorry. didn't sound as crazy just, in your head before. He just, he just turns his earlobe a little bit yeah. and Van no, Halen goes no. on. All people. Um, but asylum. His inner is, voice is Paul Stanley. Yeah. Uh, 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 asylum is the I think first I want time, a sandwich. Like I said, moment in time. Asylum is the first time that we got to see Kiss. Mm-hmm. And uh we were getting our footing with metal and kiss was sort of waiting in the metal pool, uh, per se, uh, you know, changing their looks up a bit, changing their songs up a bit. But I love a lot of the songs on asylum and, uh, I don't know. I like hearing them. It's still an album that I play a lot, you know, and it, kiss wasn't exactly the hottest band in 1985. They were being overshadowed by a lot of other bands. But I remember Mike and I played this album endlessly. And it's still, if not my favorite, one of Yeah, I, 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 I give that. That's 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 a good selection. I think for a lot of the same reasons too. It's it's definitely not like their best work. There's a lot of stuff on there that's kind of like you know not good. <laughs> like uh all night. It's like it's very good. That's a I great just, song. Um I'm gonna disagree but i again it's on there so it's part of the experience and it's just kind of like one of those songs it's kind of like all right but it's got uh, i'm trying to think king of the mountains on that and yeah it's got uh, uh, tears are falling when they played uh all yeah did you did everybody kind of like thrust their hips yeah yeah, i don't know it's you know they did a video for that one and they're both they're mostly just like sitting down tears are falling Secretly yeah. cruel, I think, is great. Secretly cruel is a good one. Um, I, it, yeah, I don't have it else. Yeah, but definitely, like, who wants to be lonely is probably like one of my favorite uh, Kiss record or Chris Kiss songs from this from this particular period. So that's too. that's a good selection. Um, I was I was thinking about this too, and I was I was going back and again not to like kick Juan's ass again, but uh, I'm gonna have to go go with lick it up. You know, because when I finally did get this, it kind of like came at, at kind of like the right time for me when I was listening to like, you know, some Motley Cruz or listening to some, you know, early Scorp stuff. Not early, but like late, like Blackout and, uh, you know, Love Love at First Sting or Dio's Holy Diver. So this Kiss record was actually, you know, John was just mentioning too, like you, you we we're all kind of raised on Kiss and you kind of have that sort of like, yeah, this is cool. Like Rocket Ride, I could totally get into this song. Or, you know, my you know my baby's a two timer. Or, you know, Rock Bottom. Or you know any of the other sort of songs. But damn it, when they uh, when when Ace was out for good and Vinnie Vincent stepped in, like they stepped up their game. Like there's there's definitely some like ball buster songs on here. Like Exciter, man. It's a, it doesn't get much more revved up in, in as far as like Kiss do, do, trying to like compete in the sort of like heavy metal sweepstakes uh, than you get with, uh, you know, with Exciter. And then I, again, it was just kind of like falling in love with a band that I had kind of like 
spent some some time away from and you know they were it was very impressive you know not for the innocent and of course the title track which i probably never really need to hear again but i always just like if i could just listen to it just like maybe 20 seconds and it's like ah that's the oh, good part the and then it's like, you need to lick it all up lick it lick, up lick but how it all it, up. It's it, it's it's like that rat song. Lay it down. It's like I love oh. just like give me like a verse or and like maybe the first chorus and then that's it. DJ, switch it up because it. They say like lick it up like fifty times. It's like I got at, it. At least. I got it. All that's the like licking a is taste being of done. Some good food and not eating the whole thing, Michael. Yeah, yeah wow. but it's also like if I, you had I like. I don't think that's what that you, song's about. <laughs> it's it not, and, and, and Paul will tell you too. Um, you know, young and wasted. All right, give me more. Again, these these songs just like rev and definitely the the energy of uh, of uh, both Vinny's guitar playing and also his contributions here as a songwriter are kind of like all over this record. I think he's still getting paid off this. But uh, all I, hell's I, I breaking loose. That's a great record, man. I rem- I remember the day I walked into the record store. This record came out. I grabbed it. I still remember the ugly tan polygram imp- embossed case that it comes in. Uh, it might be Polydor. No, it's Polygram. Polygram. You're right. Yeah. Um. But the first guitar, you know, that chunking little riff at the beginning of Exciter. And immediately you're like, this is what I thought it would be. This is great. <laughs> right? Like right away. Yeah, like, w- like I'm excited about this. And the song is called Exciter. How did they know that? How did, and know? again, and there's and, that and, little and rap there's, section. There's, oh, well, of course there is the all hell breaking loose break. No, it's all, we've done it before, so we don't need to do it again. But, oh, uh, you know. And there's a lot of good Gene songs on here, which, you know, as far as deep cuts go, yeah, fits, fits like, like a glove, glove uh, a dance song. all over your face, a great sort of uh, sort of anthem of misogyny. It's great. And uh, and of course, it, on the eighth day, which um, well, cheesy, which, but, but you, it, it works. No, it, it, the thing is, it's great when you go back and you listen to, as I recommended, go back and listen to the Vinnie Vincent like rough cuts. And it's a song for which it starts off. To, it starts off with the same sort of groove that uh, on the eighth day begins, and then it rips into like boys are gonna rock. And it's like yeah. okay, so at some point they become two different songs, but uh, and two different, two great songs at that too. But yeah, uh, yeah Vin, Vinny's influence on this on the band at this point just can't be understated, and it's again uh, it came for me at like the right time, and it just kind of just just tasted uh, so good that you had to lick it all up. Oh, yeah. It is too yeah. bad that it didn't work longer with Vinny. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause I, and, and maybe that's the thing that he was kind of like in the, you know, uh, in the business of like, you know, contributing and, and writing songs, even though he wasn't singing, uh, but definitely co-writing songs. And you know, that, uh, you know, that's then you have to start divvying up the the royalties in a different way, but definitely kickstarted the band. And um, I don't know, nothing against Bruce Kulick or the guy before uh, him, uh, Mark St. John, but they they weren't competing with Gene and Paul in the same way that Vinny was. Yeah, but but there's some good and you know invasion records out of it too. Yeah, at least one. The first record's yeah. great. 
you know, uh, all systems go, maybe not so good. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, so uh, so Colin, what would be the Kiss record that you would take with you to the grave if you were prematurely buried and had to listen wow. to it forever? Wow. Well, I was I'm, on an island and now I'm dead. All right. No, you <laughs> prematurely <laughs> buried means prematurely buried means that you're still alive. You're just kind he, of just like everybody thinks you're dead. Yeah, and you're right. and you're well, then, and you're. He's listening I, to Kiss somewhere, okay. so it's cool. Well, then it's important that my I picked revenge because that's what I want, Michael. I want revenge. Uh, uh, revenge. See? You set me up. This is cha- awesome. You, you changed. Yeah, I was going to go with one of those. Well, first of all, I could do the 70s. I can do the 80s. Loved all those 80 releases you guys have talked about. But I really was thinking about this. The I think Revenge has the most balls to it. And it has such a, a first of all, it's longer than the other albums. So you get a little bit more music. And I just think that there's, a, there's such vibrato and, and machismo to some of those songs, man. Unholy is a great opening song. You've got Take It Off, the song about the strippers written by Paul Stanley with a little help from Kane Roberts. Who doesn't want a little Kane Roberts on a Kiss uh, record? Most folks. Uh, um, <laughs> me? You guys, can you I have, pass? Can, I, can you hold the Kane Roberts? You, you got Bruce Kulick showing up there. You've got songs like Thou Shalt Not... I just want to some, you know, Vinnie Vincent still having some, some, uh, some influence and input. I just think it's a great album with the exception of the God awful God uh, gave rock and roll uh, to you uh, too. Just you skipped that Domino. Out. I like I'm Domino, man. Yeah, Domino. He's talking about Dom- I'm Domino. listening to Domino right now. I just, Dude, that I don't is really the, like it. oh my God, man. That song is amazing. <laughs> it's not That's a bad song. Dude. I just, it, I mean, you might've hyped it a little much for me. Oh, well, think about okay. it. With Gene Simmons, what else do you want? I mean, Gene Simmons is known for I his play lust, dominoes. Right? No, he's, he's lusting after women. And this is one where he's literally telling you, I'm I'm chasing a woman, man. She bends over. I lose and my I shit. Forget you know, my name. She, exactly. Like that is that to me, that is like the most honest Gene Simmons has ever been on a recording. I just assume song. that's what all the songs are about now. But but I'm, I, just, I, I like this record too. It came in a weird time. I mean, nineteen ninety two was not a not a great time for Kiss. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be too far off to where Ace and Peter come back. And they, what was that? 98? Yeah. 97? When they did that unplugged, I want to say that's like 96, but I could be wrong. 96, I said. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, when they fully 96. come back for the tour, right that's like Psycho Circus. So 98? Yeah. So, I liked Unholy. Domino's a good song. Um, didn't Paul Paul do like a solo record at some point here? Yes. Bounce too, maybe a year before. Yep. Where you get, yeah. So, um, you, see, you see the band kind of doing different things. And I know it was like, they're trying hard to like, like so many other 80s metal bands. And Kiss did have like a very sort of like, pronounced 80s metal period um but you know if if everyone's listening to alice in chains and pearl jam and nirvana kiss is kiss gonna fit in there guns and roses is still trying to you know figure it out too but uh and ozzy ozzy put out a record at about this time as well the no more tears which again is, is good but uh oh it's not good it's great 
Oh, it's uh, okay. I, I stand had, corrected. It. They had a weird. <laughs> they had a weird couple of years though. Like I, there was somebody I was talking to on the on the Facebook page about this. You know, like I was at the Crazy Nights tour. I was at the Hot in the Shade tour. At the Hot in the Shade tour, I don't remember they played more than one song off of Hot in the Shade. That record yeah. sucked. Yeah. But but that's also Kiss as they move on in years. There's only we talked about that when we talked about the reunion tour this time around at a Talking Sphinx, and it talked during God of Thunder. Oh, oh, we were there. Yeah, (laughs) like Uh, it didn't talk during a song from Hot in the Shade. Yeah, it talked during Uh, a song from like the mid seventies. I think that's any legacy band. There's only going to be so many songs from the new record that make it into. a set list. You're sitting and, there for like 30 the, minutes. And, you're like, what the heck are they going to do with this? Sphinx? Yeah. And and in the case so let's get back to me being buried alive. Can we can we wrap up that mystery uh, if you don't mind? We're going to share that idea with your wife. Because I got some questions about exactly how that happened. But like, just just hear us out here. We want to bury Colin alive. I know you want to say no, but just let us let us just right. <laughs> hear the whole proposal before you say anything. All yeah. right. So your kiss record, sir, would be what? Is it me? Uh, you're the That's last. You. One. Oh, I'm the yeah. last one. I've been spinning. I've been spinning on this. I'm not even kidding you because I I hear the harden. Who says I do not need to hear destroy? Trust me, I don't need to. I I know destroy your inside out and backwards. I never need to hear destroy her again for as long as I live. Um, not that it ain't great, but it's not a necessity. Um, I think that the record that I would go to though is what I kind of consider the rebirth after the initial rush. So you had Kiss Kiss, which was one of my considerations, the first record. Hotter Than Hell was definitely one of my considerations. Mm. I didn't really like Dress to Kill. I didn't really like Alive. Destroyer, the big record. Mm. Rock and Roll Over, decent follow-up, but a little choppy. I think Love Gun, and this is my choice, Love Gun, is as good a record as they produced at that point ever. Because it's just, you know, because of the quality beginning to end, the songwriting is every song sounds like a Kiss song, but it doesn't sound like some other Kiss song. Um, I love when they open a show with I Stole Your Love. I I think I I Stole Your Love is the best first (laughs) live song they've ever done and when i saw them like say 95 whatever it was the first the first reunion show with ace and peter right um i saw them in philly Madison square garden long story i've already told it they opened with love gun and i was just like yeah or uh i stole your love and i was just like yeah it might they might open love gun one of the one of the shows and i stole your love the other but i don't remember Mm. but this record i stole your love christine 16 God love for sale. I think it's a little hokey. Uh, yeah. Shock me tomorrow and tonight is fine. Love gun hooligan, almost human. Great, like deep cut. Yeah. Great song. Yep. Almost. I don't like plaster caster. Not a big fan <laughs> of. Then she kissed me. You know the other record that was almost on my list was rock and roll over, just because there's just so many good songs on that. You know, um, 
But if I was going to listen to one one Kiss record, if it weren't for going blind, if it weren't for going blind, I, I almost went. You know, I was going to go Hotter Than Hell. Going Blind is probably one of my favorite Kiss songs, so I almost went there. Eh, but okay. uh, yeah, love Gun, love Gun. Done. And we have a we have a write-in vote from Joey Mahoney. He said, uh, "Songs from the Elder." He loves it. <laughs> he loves Thank it. You. And you know I what? That's it. why. So do we. That's why I love Joey. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, Mike yeah. sent us Mike sent us a version of the Oath that was played on Fridays uh, a couple days ago, and it's fucking good. Like we we oh, have yeah. to put that on the Facebook page because uh, uh, Joey will hate it, but it, it's uh, <laughs> I like it. Let me just it, say, it, Fridays it, was a great show. Yeah, interesting show. I loved Not that show, long, but no, like a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's up there. It's up there with uh, what was the other one that Buck Henry did? That was the alternate to Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh shit! SCTV, the new show. Oh, the new sorry. show, yeah, that one, SCTV. I, I was also a big fan, but uh, yeah, the new show. Their big hit on the new show was the, uh, Steve Martin did the an exact replica of the Billy Jean video, and it's really good. <laughs> so look that okay. up, kids. There you go. Now you got some homework. You got some homework. Um, do we want to? Transition to the penal colony picks here as our final category. The songs that you would regard as some sort of like form of personal torture if they were to be played over and over while you were just kind of held captive and helpless to turn the volume down or turn the music off. Yes. Sure. Yes, I guess I, I turned that into a question, but I didn't hit the <laughs> intonation right. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Where that sounds great, Michael. Let's yeah, do it. <laughs> um, so uh, when, when this was posted online, um, I went immediately for uh, uh, Def Leppard slang. <laughs> but then I, uh, but that because going because for your you neck, know, Colin. That, that was not nice. coming for you, Colin. I know. But then I then I then I listened to it this morning. Come on, and come, on. come on, come on, and, and it confirmed. It. Say it. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. Say it. I I, I It's not horrible. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm going to say it, it. It's basically kind of like Def Leppard masquerading as a kind of a something like of a grunge band or or like that. Pennsylvania band live that okay, they're just kind of like not that bad. It's not <laughs> that bad. It's not. It's not that. And then I was like looking at the friend. list. There's like so many other Def Leppard albums that I'm like, they shit. I've never heard of any of these. And I'm clearly, you know, since like a Adrenalize and Let's Get Rocked. It's like, no, nope, I'm done. I got to move on. Sorry. So. Uh, they even changed their little, you know, their their trademark, you know, font on that record too. Slang. It's kind of like they were really trying to like reinvent themselves, but uh, welcome not to the so club. Well. We, we love to have you. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm going to listen to it again, but I can at least say that I did listen to it. Uh, lots of like uh, flabby ballads on there too. Just kind of like, okay, all right, I see what you're going for here, because yeah. You want to get some radio play, but uh, well, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit more. But I, I, I wouldn't say that I would own a record that I wouldn't listen to 
uh, I wouldn't like to listen to over and over again. But I have some stuff with like Cookie Monster vocals, and it's like that's that's the thing for me. If it's like if I can't hear the the the, the lyrics or the lyrics matter so little that they're just going to be like like putting silverware down a garbage disposal and turn it on. It's just like, I don't know, maybe you didn't put that much thoughts into the lyrics anyhow. Um, so that's where I'll, that's where I'll just kind of leave it in that general sort of space there. If it's like the vocals are of the sort of growling screamer variety, um, I would, I would regard that as like kind of, you know, a, a crime against my humanity. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what what Colin has to say there. I see he's got some actual bands here, um, or or maybe maybe not. Maybe just household appliances. <laughs> well, you know, as we all know, the, my love for everything oh, is. Oh, so oh, this I know is, what that is. Now. So so this is you know when you guys tell me to pick the the worst of the worst, you know this is it's very hard for me because everything's awesome, right? I so it takes a lot for me to go. Oh my. God, that is that is dreadful. The new angel is dreadful. It is terrible. <laughs> it is just bad, 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 bad. Can we what? edit this so that I can get like an hour of uninterrupted Colin not liking things? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I want. So the the new angel is definitely the the thing that you would find most offensive yeah, this, this might be the first time i've heard colin really go against <laughs> i i mean flat out lay it against a band like it, because it's deeply. embarrassing they should be embarrassed i agree with you i think it that sucks out. like it, we it, listened it is... to it after that one episode where someone recommended it and i can't fucking believe it was his number one pick <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's it, awesome. it, it is it is just dreadful and and it's Anyway, it's really hard to say more than that. And it takes a lot. As you know, it takes a lot to make me go, what are you thinking? Why? How did how did this how how do you come out? How do you come back risen? And and this is what we get after a a, a hiatus of 20 years. Come on, guys. You got to have a lot more in, in your uh, your tool See? bag. Than See, I told you that's that, but that's exactly it. It's kind of like, hey, remember us? We put we had some good records like thirty years ago. We're back with a new one. Buy it, and it's like, oh, it's a shit sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> I, 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 I want I wanted a sandwich, but you somehow managed to put shit in it. <laughs> Pass. But I will say, I had to I had to write this down though. I, I had to I had to write down the words steel wool because. And I cannot find, I looked them up online. There was a heavy metal band named Steel Wool. And as you guys know, with my business, I buy people's collections in bulk. I have 20,000 CDs in my house right now. And, and, and they're just piles and piles in my basement. And every once in a while, if you, have you ever seen Raiders of Lost Ark where they put the Ark back in that <laughs> warehouse? That's, that's my basement, okay? And, and, the, and the, oh, boxes, yeah. the boxes are up to my shoulder, and they're just all CDs and, and vinyl and stuff. And I kind of work my way through the labyrinth. And every once in a while, I'll just go down there, and I'll go spelunking for a little bit, and I'll grab a whole bunch of CDs out and go check them out. Anyway, I found this one called Steel Wool. I can't tell you much about the band. All I can tell you is it was almost unlistenable. It was, it was so abrasive to my ears. I forced myself to listen to it once, and I threw it away. It was that bad. It was that bad. It was I'd like to buy a like copy of Steel, Steel Wool. Wool. I'm sorry, sir. Um, it was awful. 
I can't let you. I can't let you buy that. And if you, and if you Google it, it says there's a new band. No, it has a picture of a sheep on it. No, it it oh, was a, it oh. was a it was a picture of a Brillo pad, and it said steel wool. <laughs> and I, I I'm telling you, man, it exists. I owned a copy at one point. It was, but it was so 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 painful. It was oh. I, it was amazing that somebody would record that and their friends wouldn't say. What are you thinking? Why would you do that? This is this is this is terrible. It's uh, if anybody out there in the listening world has any history with that band or knows of those people, I'd love yeah, to have you tell them. Colin said to fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why you would produce something that's unlistenable. I, it was I can't yeah. even describe it. It was it was just yeah. Your parents always tell you all you listen to is noise. This was literally noise. It was it was just absolutely it was uh, mind blowingly bad. Okay, okay. Well, buyer beware. Oh, and, an honorable mention to accepts death row record because that's also horrible. <laughs> I'm done now. Okay, all right. Colin's showing another side. I know. Good. I want to do a things Colin hates episode. <laughs> I'm it would be Dave. very this short though. Great. It'd be very yeah. sure. You don't know that. 20,000 <laughs> CDs is a lot to not like. Yeah, yeah there's a few left down there. Hold on. I'm Our listening to a band called Steel Wool right now. I think they're pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure you do. It would have come, come out in like the early 90s or late 95? So check Probably. the link. Check the link I just, I just chatted in. If that's them, they're still better than than my penal colony pick. <laughs> well, now I got to hold on while you while you're talking. I'll listen to them. Is it my turn? Am yeah. I up? Okay, up. all right, just checking. All right, I uh, I don't. I mean, I can give you a couple of bands, but I'm going to tell you plainly. Almost everything that falls under new metal can suck it. <laughs> Because okay. what the hell, man? Um, stained, corn, oh. limp biscuit, uh, uh, Papa Roach, disturbed. Well, I don't even think they're metal. Uh, so many, so many. But like, who's the wah guy? Is that? Uh, oh, no, that's, that's disturbed. That's disturbed. That disturbed. Go fly a kite, dude. Like. Who cares? And then they like. But he wants to know if you're down with slip, the sickness. Slipknot? No. No. What? Like, this is the thing that drives me bats about bands like Slipknot. It's like, first of all, they sound just like any other background music bands that you might hear at a crappy metal venue whenever. But. They also have like 15 people on stage and it only takes like three people to make that much crap. You know what I mean? Like there's no way. Like you got a keyboard player. Like that replaces like half of the people on stage. Like if it's just for show, fair. But you know what? The boss tones at least called their dude a boss tone and all he did was dance. Right? Yeah. Like Yeah. But and, and they wouldn't be the same band without him dancing. Exactly. Doing like the endless running man. Over like, and over and over again. The masks, the drums. <laughs> I get it. 
They got a new. DJ, I think, I too? figure Death Punch, Static X. Yeah, you got a oh, DJ now? Oh, shit. Well, you know Holy what? Shit. You got a DJ? That means everybody else can just stay the hell home. <laughs> right? You yeah. don't need anybody at that point. Just press play. Just press play. It's legit. Uh, I don't think that was them, but did I just hear you dissing Static X and Disturbed? I, I don't like Static X or Disturbed. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get you, it at all. You're going to hate the new metal episode. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm hunkering down for that. I've been eating nothing but vinegar and, and ground up clamshells getting ready for that episode. Oh, and no, I don't think that that was the band steel wool I was talking about. They were bad, but I don't think that was them. Uh, Sorry, anyway, back to, back to why Static X is awesome. They are? No, that, that's, that's, that's not what David was talking about. Go ahead, David. I that guy died, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Wayne yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't... You know, I don't yeah. Wayne Static? I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but I don't like their music. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, now some of these bands, like, if you look up the like the Wikipedia page for new metal, like, they mentioned Primus, they mentioned Linkin Park. Like, I don't consider those guys new metal. Like, they... They were doing something very, very different. They may have been on the periphery of this. Like I know that Linkin Park had some crossover with Static X. They had that crossover band, whatever the heck it was called, um, and some other stuff. Like I get that, but you know what? No, no, no. It's not. It's not new enough. It's not cool enough. You know when when you're trying to be good in an established genre like metal you need to either be good or if you're going to be new you got to be really new this isn't either of those things um and in some cases you've got people who are very capable very talented and in some cases very good songwriters like i think it was stained had like a ballad that was like they did an unplugged that was real famous or something oh for Um, sure yeah and i think think that's all they kind of did was like you think you think yourself like that's a good song like you got something there but you hitched your wagon to like a load of horse you know it's like this isn't good man like go like grab your acoustic and hit the road you don't need this these people are holding you down man yeah, yeah you could be the we'll, next we'll def- uh, uh, sorry. you could be the next gordon lightfoot and you're here you know wasting your time on in stadiums yeah. yeah, damn it. Why are you doing making all that money? Why not Let's do, do the Gordon Lightfoot gig? <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, when we get to the, the new metal, uh, so you know, episode, tricky. there'll be like a lot of venting of spleen. Uh, gonna, somebody's going to have to make me a playlist. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. Oh, because yeah. all I know is hatred. <laughs> 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 extreme prejudice that that'll be the episode john what do you got for uh your sort of penal colony soundtrack yeah i struggled with this one i don't know i i would never use music as torture i i have read enough books to know there are other ways uh i i i, I don't know i'll throw out black metal anything it's just not we talked about this on the episode i don't understand it i just think it's stupid like so uh there black, you go black metal or death <laughs> black metal or death metal oh, it's not like a dis- 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Both? Like, go, listen, go listen to the episode, Mike. Yeah, both. Oh, I know. I, you know, <laughs> anything, like I said, anything with the dartboard of uh, raped a priest, burned down a church, A, a plus D equals black metal. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess that's my answer. I didn't have a good answer for that. Well, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I, I would pick for... metal to torture someone. Actually, I would go. I'd pick some like really shitty new country, not good old country. I would pick some really bad newish country. But uh, I have to thank David for like reminded me of like uh, my 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 just you know, in outsized rage and disgust with five finger death punch. It's, it's <laughs> like it, 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 they make, uh, ugh, they make like Nickelback seem like Led Zeppelin. It's yes, just, they're uh, really big. I mean, they're, they have a they're, they're, they're enormously big and they, they make, they have like a big spectacular sort of stage show and they're enormously wealthy and they sell lots of records and, they have videos and stuff. They're doing all the stuff that would lead you to believe that they're like a conventional, successful, popular metal band. But then you listen to the songs or see the performance. You, and from my point of view, and again, this is super subjective. Other people can totally love them. Um, but when I listen to it or see it, it's just kind of like a little revolting how kind of cheesy see it is it's it's kind of like uh if you were watching a movie about a fake metal band who like and they had like <laughs> somebody around them was like they had to write all the songs it's kind of like steel dragon and that marky mark movie it's just kind of like the eddie yeah, and the cruisers like of of like new metal it's just and 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 again like everything that they do and and, and I don't have to belabor this at all, but I am. Uh, it's just it's just cl- cliched and hackneyed. It's like you just see everything they've done, and it's like it's already been done and done better. Um, and they don't really strike me even as a metal band. They just they strike me as like more of like a like a pop rock band. They're kind of like Lover Boy with like more amps, you know. <laughs> no, taking nothing away from Lover Boy or Ario Speedwagon for that Dude, matter. Mike Reno. I was waiting in the parking lot for you. Uh, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I love me some Mike Reno. Uh, the other thing that re- that I got reminded of here, and I just I'll put this out here just because uh, I hate fucking Saxon. Sorry, I've tried. What? I've tried. But people put on Saxon, <laughs> and I have to, and I listened to the Biff Burton <laughs> dude singing. It's just like no, that has it- to stop. Right here is it, and is now, that Biff Bifford. Biff Bifford. I, what what I call him? It Biff doesn't Biford. matter. Biff Bifford. Fine. Biff. You know. Fine. You and you watch their videos too, and you're like, or just watch the video for like denim and leather. That just stop there, where the guy's like wearing like one of those colored visors that you would get from like the carnival, and he's like the lead guitarist. Uh, <laughs> and there's the other guy with like he looks. The other guy is like a total escapee from the village people. He's got like he is basically the Harry Shearer character from from Spinal Tap playing the bass. Um, it's just horrible. It's just <laughs> it's just it's and I, and, I, and, I, and, and 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 again it just completely mystifies me how like they had like so much cred in like the early days of the Nuovum. It's just just lost on me. Sorry, the, the strong arm of the law. Like what is that? Don't you mean the long arm of the law? 
Whatever. Play on words. Stained class. It's not a play on words. There's nothing nothing playful about it. It's stupid. It's like you don't understand the idiom. It's like like that Oasis album. The the strong alarm of the jaw. What? Let's let's move on my resignation. Let's move on from what we hate. Uh, It's been fun, guys. I appreciate everything. Let's let's throw out some of uh. We threw this out on Facebook and on Instagram, and some of our. some of our peeps gave us some picks for their desert islands. Uh, we we had Testament, The New Order, cool. Dawkins, Dawkins back for the attack. Yes. Uh, Iron Maiden got a bunch of call outs. Live After Death, Seventh Son, Power Slave, Peace of Mind. Uh, all super good records. Uh, D from Instagram said Slipknot's yeah. We Are Not Your Kind. A little Slipknot there. Uh, Infocast said In Flames, horrible. Don't sleep on In Flames, man. In Which Flames, I know nothing about. Band. That's a new band, yeah. Ish. No, not not new at all. How new? <laughs> not new. There's when so their first record come out. Oh, I don't know. Sometime in the nineties, I guess. That's 20, new. 20 years. Uh, ago. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> twenty years. Ago, practically new. Uh, Mechanical Resonance, Diary of a Madman, someone echoed Colin's Appetite for Destruction in Slayers, Seasons in the Abyss, and Rain and Blood. Okay. And for the, for the people who chimed in on Facebook, our friends there at the Headbangers Ball group, uh, if they had to select one KISS record and one KISS record to listen to forever, we got a quite a diversity of choices that range from Let's see here. Um, Animalize, uh, Alive, Creatures of the Night, um, Hotter Than Hell, uh, Rock and Roll Over, Revenge, Eric Shishet is, I think I pronounced that correctly. That's his personal favorite. Some more Creatures, some more Revenge, Destroyer, Love Gun with David there. Alive 3, all right. How about the A Solo record? Alive two, um, solo records. Some people yeah. go and for the for the for the you know the quality over con, uh, 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 the, the, picking a, a dub the excuse me the greatest hits record like double platinum. Hey, oh, someone picked Crazy Nights. That's uh, uh, Heiko Dahlberg. Crazy Nights. Night. My is my version of John's <laughs> Asylum, right? That like. Okay. I, I was at that tour. I was like prime point. It was my first live show ever. There you go. In arena. I was in a good seat. Ted Nugent opened. The whole room smelled of pot and crazy nights. <laughs> is a good record. I like that record a lot. Yeah. Um, but I meet, I meet folks who don't really like that record that much. And I'm like, but it has like this experience. It's this embedded experience for me. Kind of like Harden was talking about with Asylum, except it's a good record. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, yeah cool yeah chad's uh, answer was he'd be fine not picking any of them i'm not a fan <laughs> hey thanks chad <laughs> thanks for playing along I um, almost and, and, the, and, a, and a lot of people when the question was reversed you know like which album if you never if you could never listen to it again uh would you like delete from the kiss sort of catalog and uh some people picked Every album after Destroyer, that's D. Hatley there. Uh, the Peter Chris solo record was no one's favorite. Oh, Everyone was, was just like, people were ready that. That to melt that one down. Um, um, and then uh, Sean Pendergrass uh, 
shared uh, Shakira. So cool. maybe he got us confused with a different site or a different page. But uh, yeah, Hot in the Shade comes up. Uh, the Elder, we're going to do an Elder episode. So we'll get all this out. Sonic Boom, Carnival of Souls. And somebody goes like crazy. They like no Dynasty, no music from the Elder. And then all the non-makeup releases. Unmasked. Yeah. Hot in the Shade, Crazy Nights. Um, yeah. And then Peter Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's universally Peter Chris is hated by Paul Stanley by everyone. Well, yeah. and that, is that, and that record that bad? Is, I haven't I haven't listened to that record since I was a kid. Is it that bad? bad? I seem it's, to remember, like as not, a record, it's, it's not as good. a record. I, it's Peter not bad. Fancies himself some sort of like New York hood rat. He's like Billy if Billy Joel joined Kiss, like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I think good. it was Peter too. It was Peter reconnecting. My, my friend, my friend Dan is chiming in. We we revel in Paul Stanley's book, where every chance he gets, he takes a swing at Peter yeah. about oh, the stupidest did. shit. Like we were in a hotel and and there was silverware, and Peter didn't know what the salad fork was for. Uh, we're accustomed to finer things, Peter. Uh, yeah 90% of America doesn't know what the salad fork is for it's great it's It's for salad but they can't pick out the salad fork call it salad that's 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 all you know you know taking the high road (laughs) wow well so everybody everyone's continuing to to our island yeah yes but if you, uh, if the social distance will continue. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we should do an Instagram live thing. People seem to be jumping on that. That'd be kind of fun. Hey, I you know I, I think we're still on there. We could broadcast it live on YouTube if people want to watch. You'll be disappointed. You'll be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. That, never mind. Forget it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my. But. Uh, We'll have to yeah. experiment with That's not that. awesome. Yeah. Maybe, let, let's maybe. look at doing something live. And people can, just, you know, I, I know everyone's watching this and home. people are joining and stuff. Dude. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I but think, we could, I think um, people are stuck at home for the time being. That's one of the reasons we, we got another episode out this week is uh, we're bored too. But everyone stay inside, stay safe, do your part. Wash and, your uh, fucking hands. Yeah, what? It's not that hard. Wash your hands. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I guess and that's don't it. Don't buy everything. Don't buy everything all at once. Leave something yeah. for other people. Don't there hoard. There you yeah. go. Just hoard our podcast. Hey, let yeah. let, let our hoard. forty-one episodes get you through this dark time. And oh, if you come God. out the other end, uh, you're welcome. What are we gonna do for number fifty? <laughs> by the way. Uh, I think not well, new metal. I, I, I like. I want Dave to stay on the podcast. David, yeah, take take us out of this dark time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you were on a deserted island, you wouldn't have to listen to this crap. <laughs> but since you're not, and you're sitting at home, hopefully all alone, hopefully with nothing else to do, and hopefully listening to this podcast, I along with Michael Stamps, Colin Bosler, and John Harden, would like to thank you for your support. We would. Wash your goddamn hands. (laughs) Jesus.
the abuse that these people receive from us. Just, I love you advice. all. Just wash, I love you all. Wash your hands. Wipe twice. Wash your hands. What was that? Wipe twice. Wash your hands. You know, was, it's like I think, the, we, think we got the name of the episode. Thanks oh, yeah, for I'm listening, sorry. everyone. Good night. Here. Bye. Hey, this is Landfill from Municipal Waste. You're listening to Middle-Aged Metalheads. Eee!